What is up, gang? Here we are again. Thank you so much for joining. It's episode 41, and uh, we're talking about mental health, as you might have surmised from reading. If you can read, then you know. Maybe you're listening to podcasts because you can't read. And uh, now I just told you, so at least you know. And uh, we, we appreciate everyone joining us. Much love to all the people that have shown support as the podcast is growing. It means the world. Um, and big up to Nicholas Ortiz and Daniel or Danny Eckert for coming on and, and talking and discussing with us on this one. It's a, it's a really big, uh, important topic, I think. And um, speaking of, let's listen to XXX here. Kind of break the vibe down for us. I'm gonna have to get some real like produced music that's not copywritten because uh, I'm not gonna get away with this for much longer. Um, just using like actually famous songs, but that's Hope by XXX Tentacion, and of course his story is very relatable to this issue. And uh, he's the late great artist, obviously. That you know, there's mixed feelings about him, but I think his message is uh, is more you know summed up in this song about hope than than anything else. So. Um, and, and of course, uh, did I say this or I don't think I, I mentioned this, but I think I talked about it in the podcast, but we're not medical health professionals. All right. So I should preface this whole thing by letting everyone know, obviously, you know, you need to seek the mental or medical help or whatever kind of like professional help you need, or just help from your own friends and, and things. But, um, you know, this podcast discussion is meant to help inform and, and discuss and discuss and bring more of these ideas and and uh realities to light you know because i think everyone faces struggles with mental health whether you know they're severe or not is you know uh, just kind of up to fate it seems but uh i think that it's an important topic to bring to light and i think that you know it's really inspiring to hear nick's story just having this conversation with nick he and, and just him being vulnerable enough to share it with all you guys, I think is, is one of the biggest things that is helping this, um, this movement forward and helping us all just tackle these things together. So I can't thank him enough for coming on and, and, and sharing the story. Um, this is, uh, just mostly going to be talking about Nick's experiences with this and, um, some of the insights he's gained and Danny is, um, his girlfriend and a longtime friend of ours that, has been close to the situation, so offers some great insight as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I just can't thank you guys enough for joining me. I hope you guys enjoy this one. I hope you get part of this discussion. You know, that's like, I think mostly what we wanted to do accomplish when we decided we were going to work on this and, and have this episode is Nick wanted to share his story because, you know, part of the message is we want to create spaces to talk about this stuff, to create um, and open up this discussion and not shy away from it so much uh, because it doesn't seem to be working, that technique of uh, slipping it under the rug or sweeping it under the rug or whatever. So without further ado, um, here we go with Nicholas Ortiz and Danny Eckhart. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Peace. Whenever? Yeah. We, go. we are th- live. 
<laughs> we're alive. alive now in three, two, one. Say hello to our viewers. Oh, shit. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Um, damn, I don't know what to say. We have a new guest, Danny, Daniel Eckert. Hi. Pronounce it correctly. <laughs> you did it right. That's how you say the name. Thanks. It's good to not fuck your name up after knowing for five years. Because um, <laughs> known each other for five years? Probably. No, <laughs> Almost that long. Maybe that long. Maybe but, four and a half. Maybe three and a half. It's been like been like one year, and I just like think it's been a long time. It's, it's been a really tough to year. know you, actually. Any time just miserable. creeps by when you're around. I don't know if you knew that. It's I've never been so flattered. So much. Oh my god, Brandon! I'm so honored to be here. Oh my god! Yes, um, we're really glad to have you, and of course, a repeat champion guest. Champion Nicholas. guest. I mean. I'm no Tim I, I champion. Wanna, I want to start giving out the belt, like <laughs> the belt for like podcast, like height drop guest of the year. You know so what I'm who, saying? So who do there I get to go. fight to defend my title? <laughs> I think you're up against um, Max, right? Probably Max Henry's up in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Of course it is. My squid boy. <laughs> if I'm squid up to squad. date, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Max is like the other person fighting for the number who, of times. Well, there was another, here. like Tim Champion and Hendo did some, they, they, they had some fire. They brought some fire to the Damn. podcast that episode. Well, Hendo's a bitch. You know, it's going to be up for the people. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, shit. Oh, shit. I, I love you, Hendo. Oh, I'm just kidding. Don't beat me in the speed comp. The people's champ. He's going to beat me. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That, that's the thing is he's the people's champ. He is the people's champ. So you're gonna be if, if we put it up to a vote, it's gonna be tough. Although if I beat him out, then I become the people's champ. No, that might be the way it works. I don't know. I'm coming you for. I'm coming for Joe Senderson, man. Joe Senderson. Oh <laughs> shit! Damn, dude. All right, shots fired already. We appreciate that. Bring fire to the podcast. Um, but yeah, we got teeny tiny hand in the mix as well today. This is uh, just so you guys all know. That's that's teeny hand. That's tiny hand. And I was telling this about to Nick earlier. <laughs> tiny hand. Then you got teeny hand. So you got to give it up. Where did you even get that? Um, there's like a little <laughs> knickknack, like kite store, little toy store on Pearl Street here. Oh, that has like all this store. shit and that like place. bad place. You know, tiny hands were just like the thing. You know, we just they're 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 part of the. I've never seen the culture now. Those outside of like YouTube videos, so they're actually. Bigger. I guess I They're, kind of anticipated all the Tiny Hands videos to be the size of the teeny tiny hand. Oh, I'm yeah. surprised actually how big Tiny Hand is. Well, it's got to fit on your finger. It makes sense. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. My finger, I don't know. Whatever. It just is bigger than I was anticipating. That's, that's than, what you want to hear, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. But we are here to talk about a bunch of different things. But like, namely... We wanted to to discuss some more mental health stuff, right? I mean, yeah, that was something that we we're all going through, and like it's a still a hot topic for a lot of us as parkour athletes, as people in the generation, whatever the fuck generation we are. Uh, is it millennials. Y X millennials? Well, we're millennials. We're past millennials, aren't we? No, no, no. We're millennials, and then uh, kind of. The, I think the kids who are like in high school uh, now. Eighty six to two thousand or is millennials. Yeah, it's like eighty four or eighty six to two thousand. Okay, is millennials, and then all of the kids that are like. Now, like just turning eighteen or under eighteen, they're another generation of is it fucked up people. Gen just like Z, we are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they I think are. Has there ever not been a fucked up generation? No, no that's the everyone, thing. Everyone thinks there is hasn't. Yeah. And every generation <laughs> thinks that like everyone, the one above and below them is shit. And yeah. so you guys don't know shit. <laughs> we had it harder, dude. It's actually yeah. funny. You don't know anything. Yeah. If you go back and watch like some old George Carlin stuff, you hear him talking about like baby boomers and oh, everything, yeah, and it's, it's literally the exact same words that baby boomers say about us. So I'm yep. like, okay, cool. It literally just goes from generation to generation. Dude, oh, yeah. No, like some of like the most 
most um, old uh, writings, philosophers have yeah. been like, oh, like I, like fuck, I wish I could remember. Yeah, it was Socrates. Yeah. It was like, oh, I fear for the generation below us or something like that. They're not like, handle life and they're it's a bunch just of whiny the babies. Same shit since for the beginning of time. everything <laughs> given to you <laughs> and you pissed it away. <laughs> and you never, we had to fucking struggle. The yeah. struggle was real for us, but. Yeah, See, that, I don't know. It's so it's strange. Like, it's like that's how it feels, though. <laughs> well, each yeah. gen- I, think I think that's, that's just gener- part of the human condition. Well, I think each Probably. generation like gives something to the next generation, mm. and then that next generation has something different to deal with that the other one didn't, and they just yeah. don't understand. And they're like, "Fuck you! I didn't deal with that. It's easier." That's to fair. Deal yeah, with yeah, because we're all doing different work. I mean, that's like kind of a good sign, right? Because yeah. at least we're not trying to do the same problems over and over. Yeah, I mean, they I kind like- of like morph and kind of come back as like. I, don't I think know. it's been like extra pronounced. I mean, this is just a. Just a thought, but like, I mean, ever since the industrial revolution, technology and like the world and society like advances at such a different rate now that I feel like the generations are so much more like defined and pronounced, like mm. like what you're saying, like the problems of each generation is so different than the problems of the next generation because shit's changing yeah, on a yearly and now a daily back basis. In the day. Yeah. Your dad and you had the same shit. It's well, I mean, like, like, <laughs> like, think about it. Back in, like, I mean, like, the turn of the century, or turn of, like, the, what, the 20th century? 19th. When is that? For us <laughs> like non-history buffs? <laughs> us, us so, I mean, like, dummies out here? <laughs> or, like, turn <laughs> like, of the century, I'm like, I think that means the 1900? 19, 19, like, 1900s. 1900s. Hey, hey, you know what? I just, I didn't have enough coffee today, all right, guys? I only <laughs> took two alpha brains today. I needed three to, mm-hmm. to keep up with this. Anyway, the turn of the century. Like, just if you think about like how different, I mean, don't even get like ugh, the war. I don't know. I guess I don't have anything intelligent to say about it, but like, I don't know. Like, shit changed a lot, especially over the last like hundred years, like hundred twenty years, two hundred years. Hell, you can even just talk about the last like twenty five years. I know, but the... that's the thing though. It's like now <laughs> yeah. it's just even more. Well, yeah, with the internet, it's like, pfft. yeah, it seems like it's ex- accelerating. See, like, actually, honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hourly, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, and like that's. That's been like one of the stories of our generation for sure is like we were kind of is millennial the first one to really grow up with the Internet. Yeah. Like as like part of our childhood and our youth. Millennials um, were. uh, Because Generation X had the the Internet, but they were adults by the time it like hit them, right? So millennials in general are the ones that were around to see pre-Internet time, but. But oh yeah, we still we still remember the old way. But like I don't know, like if we know like what it's like to have to call people and we still we grew up with like corded phones and now we have a computer phone in our hand. But like (laughs) if you were born in 1999, did you know pre-internet? Nah, you didn't know shit. Right. So I'm just saying, like the last millennials, like the kids that are like 19 and 20, like. They They're might like, have been like they might have been like infants or something. When, yeah, they might have like I don't some know, small it's like an arbitrary memories. cutoff. But yeah, the majority of the millennials like had a mm. had a childhood pre pre internet and yeah. saw the internet happen like in their childhood. Yeah, which is fucked up. Why is it fucked up? The internet's a fucked up place. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is. I mean, because just like is, think yeah. about, I don't know. I mean, like I whatever. But that's the thing is like <laughs> this is like why generations go back and forth. I feel like or like it's always the same story. Is like we always get new technology that is fucked up, like the internet, but it also like provides us with a bunch of. No, totally. It's a double-edged sword, like right. It's like that's like, ease. Who the fuck like no one would be able to even talk or listen no, to us. Like be... I would, I wouldn't know Nick. Like I wouldn't no. parkour wouldn't be a thing. You know, in the same way, like all these things are. Yeah. given to us and then also they, the good they comes with the bad us. they bad burn us I guess in some ways it's like a kind of a balance I suppose excuse me yeah sexy oh, yeah yeah thanks guys <laughs> um, I'm not even drinking sparkling water today I don't know what's going on mm. just gassy boy 
Anyway, I'm not, I, internet yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> don't call me gassy boy. I don't like that one bit. I'm not, I'm not gassy boy. Aaron, I'm gassy boy. <laughs> you can be, yeah, you are gassy. <laughs> You're a trumpet ass is like what I like to call you. Or trombone ass. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, I had this uncanny ability to just like scream from my ass essentially. Fucking disgusting thing. Yeah, it yeah. really is. But like, it's also scream. impressive. So, <laughs> all right, all right, we're getting. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, I'd love to go down that road. Yeah, but let's not go down. We'll do that let's, for a different what, time. We got, we got, we got business to attend to. Yeah, in, in a way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just like, uh, I guess I can just open it up to you, Nick. Like. You 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 had an experience recently, right? That you that was one of the reasons why you want to come on is yeah. to talk about it and share your your experience. Yeah. So I do just want to be honest. Like today is Sunday, so two days ago I just got out of a mental hospital, spending about not a long time at all, but just two and a half ish days. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, and the whole reason that kind of started is probably for the last. Honestly, probably like the last eight years or so, I've had some pretty passive suicidal thoughts. Um, So not necessarily anything I've acted on, but things I've constantly thought of and contemplated. And the biggest ones kind of just being like, I really just like to kind of go to sleep and not really wake up. Mm. And so the kind of, the whole reason I ended up there in the first place is I, I, that whole this the whole last week kind of starting on Sunday or Monday of last week I just kind of woke up and then just nothing felt valuable or worth it at all whatsoever so I would just kind of get up in the morning food didn't sound interesting training didn't sound interesting seeing my friends didn't sound interesting like I didn't want to go to work I didn't want to work on anything I just wanted yeah. to lay in bed and just not be in the world anymore yeah and so Tuesday comes up, I had to go see my therapist and it just felt really bad. Like I kind of just didn't feel, I almost felt numb more than anything, like more than sad. Like I couldn't cry. I couldn't do anything. Mm. And so I went to go see my therapist and I told her that and then finally started crying as I was talking to her and basically just said like, I went to go sit down and she does this feedback loop thing with me, which is um, basically I sit down, listen to some weird music for like 33 minutes I think it is and I have these wires attached to my head and the whole idea behind it is it's supposed to help kind of relax your central nervous system to okay. sort of make... oh, is it like those binaural beats that are like no it's not it's okay. not like binaural beats it's it's actually it's very it very much sounds like kind of like music that it goes from a mix like it's a it's a bunch of different types of songs and oh, okay. and they kind of flow into it's each like, other weirdly oh, okay. um, and it's like you is it supposed to take you like through like theta wave alpha beta like theta wave states Ooh, or maybe. that's uh, what the binaural beats do but I don't know if it's the same thing it or might not. be similar I'm not 100 percent sure she either. knows it much better than I do I'm kind of giving a rough idea of what I got from it I mm-hmm. still don't fully I don't understand, understand it. it either so um like this <laughs> is like actually actually as you're listening to it like the whole feedback loop thing that's essentially what's happening is that oh it like reads the activity that's going on in your well it's not so much that it reads the activity that's going on in your brain but it does like this is weird skipping noise that you hear when it's playing and so like and like it goes it goes from sort of music that i don't know if anyone's ever seen samsara um really good documentary by the way but kind of the music that would be in there it's sort of almost as a mix of like really really soft like kind of African tribal music, but also what kind of sounds like something you would listen to at a monastery if you were kind of meditating with the monks and that sort of that thing. That Gregorian chant. 
not really Gregorian Maybe. chant, damn, but like, damn it, sorry. No, it's like it's proper it's proper instruments. Like you hear like kind of like chimes in the background. Yeah. It's like people are playing like not guitars, but um. Have you ever been to a yoga class? Is it kind of like yoga music? Kinda. It's kind of similar to yoga music. But you like meditate through it, right? Yeah, you meditate through it. And then some of it actually kind of sounds like something that would be like an epic adventure once in a while. Like there's points of it (gasps) because she she says that some people, you know, she works. I love it. All right, all right. Um, But like some. Some of the people she she has do it like you know everyone's a little bit different. Um, yeah. Some people like to do art with it, like they'll draw or they read while they're listening to it. And mm-hmm. um, hmm. for me, I like to just sit, listen, and just work on whatever I'm trying to work through. Mm-hmm. And what happens is as you're listening to the music, it has like these skips in it, and it, it sounds like a CD skipping. Um, and apparently, like what that is, it's helping kind of teach your brain to sort of calm down to kind of help the anxiety and allow you to like whatever thoughts you are having get into them easier. And push through them a little better and like think of them more mindfully. Essentially, it's like it's like a way of practicing mindfulness better, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Um, and the way it works is it actually really does fatigue your brain. Because um, it's, it's essentially like trying to teach you how to rewire your brain more easily. Okay. And so every time after I do it, I definitely, even though I essentially like take a nap when I do it, <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, oh, I feel like I just trained for like three uh, hours. Yeah. Like the body doesn't feel like that, but you know, like that really sleepiness where your eyes get heavy and stuff mm-hmm. is that sort of thing. So the rest of the day gets hard to kind of finish up everything I have to do because I'm just <laughs> like, oh, I wanted to go to bed. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> but high yoga will do that to me sometimes. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I'm fucking exhausted. It's from a the similar focus. feeling to that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then. Sometimes it energizes, but sometimes I'm like... Well, like, I imagine it's kind of a similar feeling to, like, training. Like, if you're, like, exposing your body yeah. to, like, fear yeah. mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, it's kind of, like, a similar vibe to that, yeah? I mean, essentially what it is is that you are training your brain to you're be able to, like, think different. Not just your amygdala, but kind of... It's essentially a way of um, speeding up that process of neuroplasticity and teaching oh, okay. your brain to actually think differently and yeah, yeah. implement different... Implementing different thought you're patterns. stretching, like, the brain in a way. Yeah, like, yeah that's the best way to do it. And you're making it stronger. Yeah, yeah. The new neuropaths. Yeah, the new neuropathways. Like, essentially being able cool. to kind of make your neurons fire in different ways. Huh. And I do feel like it's made a huge difference because I've been doing it for, like, three... Months? No, no, you've only been going for like no. I started. Weeks? I started in August. Mm, yeah, but September, October, like, so like two months. But I feel like you weren't. I mean, whatever. I have a personal opinion about that. I feel like you <laughs> didn't really take it that seriously until. Well, I mean, I didn't take it that seriously. Uh, Mid September, almost. I feel yeah, like that's when but, you started actually wanting to go to therapy. <clears throat> Well, no, because it started in August. So actually, to to rewind back, the whole reason I started going <laughs> to therapy in the first place was I did go to a psychiatrist. Okay, and um. Because it was the, I just didn't know what was going wrong. I couldn't figure out a solution to mm-hmm. anything. Nothing was working. Been to therapy on and off since I was nine, essentially. And I decided I'll give medication a try and see how that works for mm-hmm. me. And I feel like when I first went, and actually Danny was there with me for the first appointment. Um, when I first got put on, it was working a little bit. So he initially put me on some anxiety medication and sleeping first. And it helped with the anxiety, but then I started just getting incredibly depressed and then put me on Adderall to kind of up that up, which I don't know if that See was that? the best option yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be that's totally what it honest. feels like always, I mean, obviously meds work for a lot of people, Yeah, but yeah, that's what like, you yeah. get this like scary, scary thing where it's like, all right, now we're trying to like play this mix game where you're like yeah. mixology of like, all right, just a little bit of this, a little bit of and that. So we're many... trying to like find a, a way to, to balance someone out and- it is odd. It seems like it's a nice um, like crutch to like get yourself through certain phases, but maybe yeah. it's like 
I don't know. I, I don't know because I've never um, had like experiences with these medications, yeah. but you know, I've always had my reservations about taking any medication, you know, even asthma medication. When I was a little kid, I was like, I, I've just had like a little bit of dissonance with it. And I don't want to like, I, I don't mean to pass any judgment against people that use it. Cause like, I think that they obviously help people and some people can't get by without certain medications. But I remember just being like, huh, I don't think I like need to be on my albuterol, like the, the little steroid inhaler that yeah. I had when I was a kid. And I was like, I don't want to be on this for the rest of my life. And like for me, it worked where I got myself off of it. I weaned myself off. Yeah. I mean, that's not an option for everyone. I mean, because I do And it's obviously not an option for yeah, everyone. That but like for me, need. for me, it was like, <clears throat> you just have to be careful because medicine, like they wanted to be like, here, just suck on this thing every time you get winded. And yeah. I'm like, well, okay, but I don't know that that's like the thing I want. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And like it worked for me to like not yeah. have to use it, but. Anyhow, I, I, yeah. so you just got to be careful because like it definitely helped me, but it also, I don't know, I haven't used it in 10, 12, 15 years maybe. So wow. probably fine without it. <laughs> yeah. I think you're pretty all right. <clears throat> but I think, I think medication has its place for certain 100%, 100%. people. And I think to be totally honest, even though overall I didn't really enjoy the experience that much, mm. I think it still kind of helped me open my eyes a little bit to what I needed to do and kind of what I found valuable and like the smaller things that would help make my life more valuable and have more meaning and allow me to kind of enjoy things a little more mm. kind of made me realize the things I was really missing, which is like the deep connection. Like I spent so long secluding myself and forcing myself to be the introvert that I actually now kind of am not sure that I really am. Mm. Like I definitely have intro, like I'm definitely an introverted person to some degree. I like to recharge and just like have some alone time and that sort of thing, yeah. which I kind of think everyone does. Yeah. But I realized that like I do actually enjoy talking to people and I do actually enjoy giving some insight into things, but I've always been too nervous to say anything. Mm. And that's, that's from like a bit of trauma and that sort of thing. And kind of my voice was never really allowed to be heard. Like people would always shut me down all the time, mm. but moving, we'll get into that. But moving back to the medication, I, I was taking it for about a month or so. And like the first two weeks when I was like doing the Adderall, it on top of everything else, it was working. It was helping me feel better a little bit. It was helping me think a little clearer. But then I started realizing that it was starting to make all of the really negative feelings become a lot more intense and a lot less controllable. I was becoming very angry, very easy, like a lot more easily. Mm. Um, I would just have like the craziest mood swings all the time. My appetite was totally gone. Basically, I ate like... You lost like 15 pounds. Yeah, over a, like a month and a half. I think you were on the meds for two months, right? Yeah, about two sure months. I'm sure it was like two months, like like seven, eight weeks is when you like... Yeah, is when I was like, I'm done. Was the breaking point, yeah. Yeah, and basically did, did ate like once a day for about a month and a half, two months or so. Yeah, you'd like... Yeah, I mean like you would like wake up and be like, I have to eat before I take my meds. Yeah. Mm. But like... You could barely get food down in the morning and then you would take the meds and then you wouldn't eat the rest of the day. And then it would come like 9, 10 p.m. And you'd be like, oh, I'm like actually starving now. Yeah. But like you still couldn't eat that much. You lost so much weight. It was crazy how skinny you got. Yeah. And it's also meds. crazy like, how weak you feel. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. all of a sudden so, you can't I mean, jump anymore. <laughs> you got like injured kind of, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. yeah like everything yeah. was starting to ache. I like couldn't. I couldn't. Dude, the worst thing was like especially training it made my brain race so much that like I couldn't not think. So like even Adderall. Yeah. So even challenges that would be normal for me and like wouldn't really think about that much. <laughs> I would spend like 10 minutes trying just to convince hyper myself. Yeah. Like, hyper analyzing, getting more afraid of it. And I was just like, I've never done this before. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting. You can, um, 
I don't think you ever talked about it, like, on your Instagram, but, like, I know, um, like, once you finally got off the meds, um, you started, like, posting, uh, talking about, like, oh, like, I'm almost better, like, oh, like, acting as if you would have been, had been injured, and I know that, like, I saw everyone, you know, I mean, like, whatever, like, I would see comments every once in a while from people being like, did you get injured? Like, I don't, like, what are you coming back from? Like, and it was crazy, because, like, you never, I mean, not that you had to, or you need to, but, like, I know it was, like, for you, you felt like, I mean, you, you had lost 15 pounds, you had lost a lot of strength, you'd lost a lot of, like, your head game. It felt, like, to you, probably, like, I mean, you it, you treated it almost like as an injury. You were set back. Like, I mean, you hadn't been moving, you hadn't been gaining. No, it, it literally and, felt like an injury. But it's, like, crazy, because you can, like, um, like, you can see how you talked about it, like, afterwards. You never, like, give a reason, like, why you were all of a sudden, like, yeah, I'm, like, rebuilding now, like, back at the gym, like, trying to build my strength, like, trying to gain weight. And I, like, I even, like, even I know, like, people, like, just from your Instagram captions would be, like, to... Did I miss something? Like, what are you coming back from? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Ben is kind of like. Well, I think part of that is due to the fear. Like, there's a, a really bad fear of judgment. Like, yeah, yeah. And especially with like, with this kind of stuff, like with mental health these days, it's become, it's becoming less stigmatized, which yeah. is really good. And I think that's like why you're, it's really cool and really awesome that you're sharing your story here. And that's like really brave. And also it's going to, I know it's going to help a lot of people. Well, I want to And like your story has helped me even just being witness to it, you know, being here with you. Um, and like, you know, I draw a lot. I mean, lots of people are coming out of the woodwork. Like this is stuff that everyone deals with. I think like it's so relatable to have that, even though it's fucked up, like that, those yeah. feelings of just like, I woke up and I'm just like, damn it. I didn't want to wake up. You know, yeah. like I just, you know, those, those depressive, those suicidal thoughts, like. And I think the real thing needs to be addressed. I think people keep trying to sugarcoat everything. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's the way to actually solve the problem. What do you mean by that? Um, I don't know. It just. Especially, or maybe it's just Western culture or whatever. Um, but I've like read some things on, I think, American culture specifically. And one of the things in general is even when we're having a bad day, it's kind of unacceptable for you to be sad. Mm. Like, yeah. if you're feeling bad, you can't go into work that morning and be like, you know, I'm actually not having that good of a morning. It yeah. kind of sucks. And you're just expected to deal with whatever bullshit was given to you and then yeah. just walk in with a smile anyway yeah. and be like, oh, everything's great, which reinforces the idea that you can't actually talk to anybody and it just makes yeah. you feel even worse because you haven't let anything out at all yeah no <laughs> it's it's definitely unacceptable in the workplace like yeah. it's not tolerated no one wants to hear that it seems yeah. like at least most workplaces with most i don't know it's tough yeah. it's tough because and also actually, everyone wants to worry about who has the bigger it? problem i feel like oh no that's I, it's, huge. it's funny because like you literally brought it up like the workplace i literally went in this week on wednesday uh day after you got like checked in and I was just like, it was just a fucking shit day. Like it was a bad day. I was in a bad mood. I was in a bad place and it was like just bad. And, uh, <laughs> I like came into work that morning and like the, uh, the, like the, like I sit in like a little four, four person, like cube square or whatever. And like I walk in and like the girl that I like say like, morning to every morning is like morning. And I'm like, morning. She's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm doing shit today and she's like oh and I was like yeah no it's a shit morning it's a shit day it's a bad day like all day I was just like in a bad mood and like I, I know that like it's so relatable because it's like yeah in general like I have to go into work every morning and just be like yeah everything's fine like it's a good day everything's fine like and you know if you're like at the water cooler you can be like oh it's a Monday like oh you know like projects are hard you know management you know like bullshit like that but like genuinely 
it was a fucking awful week for me, you know? Like, yeah, it was a terrible week, and I didn't have any energy to, like, put up with anything on Wednesday. And I know, like, by the end of the day, I mean, like, I'm very lucky that, like, the job I have, I don't have, like, a lot of, like, social obligations at my office. But, like, even in my little cube, like, we talk, you know? And, like, I just didn't share anything. Like, all day I was, like, silent. I didn't, like, respond. I didn't turn around. I wasn't talking to anyone. And, like... By the end of the day, uh, Lauren, like the girl that I work with, she just was like, what is up with you? And I was like, like, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't owe you an explanation on why, like, today is the worst day. Of, it's not the worst day of my life. But it's like, why today <laughs> is such a fucking shit day? Like, I don't owe you that explanation. But yeah, and well, she like, might have just been like, I mean, she was concerned, concerned. Like, Lauren, and then like, yeah. yeah, it's just tough when you're having that bad feeling. Yeah. It's like, what? it's hard to like, yeah, like it's hard she, to get in yeah. because you're just like, it's nothing seems to help. No, and it's like, like she, you, no yeah. matter, but you know, obviously yeah. talking about it probably would help, but it's just it's like, not with like, well, you with don't Lauren, like, it's just like, fuck you, Lauren. I guess, like, well, I don't it's know, like, yeah, and Lauren she did. doesn't give a shit until, I don't know. <laughs> she like, she means well. And, and most people I think do mean well. Like if they can notice a difference in your attitude or whatever, I think most people mean well, but like, it's just one of those things where that's, it's like, you're not allowed to just be in a bad feeling, mood. Right? The like, part of the feeling is the, the distrust of others The like, you don't. You don't feel like there is love out there. Well, like, I mean, and like if you felt that way, then you probably wouldn't be feeling depressed or angry well, in mean, the first place. If you felt like you could talk to people, it's like that's kind of part of it is that you feel isolated, right? Well, I mean, as you feel isolated, but I think a part of that starts at childhood because like even one of the most simple things, <coughs> and me. it makes it makes a huge impact is actually when you teach your kids and they fall over and hurt themselves and start crying. Where it's like, no, 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 don't cry. You shouldn't cry. Things shouldn't hurt. You shouldn't feel bad. It should be. No, you fell. It hurts. You have to deal with it. It's going to suck a little bit, but we'll be here to help you deal with it. Mm -hmm. And and the whole thing that starts to happen is that everyone knows that everybody suffers in some way. Like nobody, nobody is excused from it. Everyone goes through hard stuff, no matter where you are, no matter what class you are, um, Mm -hmm. no matter your race, religion. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Creed, sex, whatever. Like you're going to go through something. You're going to suffer and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And. For some reason, we believe we allow ourselves to think that if you're suffering, you're supposed to keep it to yourself and not allow yeah, well, you the world to see. Whereas, like if you if if you actually let it out and everybody can relate to a negative emotion a little bit more and like mm-hmm. feel like oh you feel sad too for this reason okay then I'll talk about what's making me feel sad because one of the things I realize is I've as I've becoming been becoming more open with it people are becoming more open with me as I say more things and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we are all going through something. <laughs> and it, it, it lets you have a little bit more humility, I think. It allows you to be like, okay, cool. If they can solve their problem, I can solve mine. Or if they can mm-hmm. work with it, I can work with mine. Like that sort of thing. And it's... I think there's a difference. Like, I don't mean to... No, you're fine. But I do feel like there's a difference because like something like that I feel is like done equally. Like I'm glad that... I think it's great that like people can talk about like you know, their issues and their problems. And it's not like a stigmatized or stigmatized, but like something I think that a lot of people do is like wallow and they act like wallowing or just like, just being like not wanting to help themselves is the same thing as like, I'm just like, I'm just venting or I'm just like, like, and I don't (laughs) like that mentality where it's like, like I'm all for sharing. I'm all for like seeking help and Mm. like, and you know, reaching out to others and, you know, seeking people with seeking seeking out people who can help you and not keeping it bottled up. But I also like think that there's something to just like like okay, for instance, like me on Wednesday at work, like I didn't want people to like 
like the way I would have preferred it would have just been like, I'm just not in a good mood. Like, just leave me alone today. And I feel like that's something that I try and do for like my friends. Like you ask, like you're like, hey, like what's up? Like if if like something's bothering someone and you're like, can you tell me what's wrong? And they're like, I'm no. You just give them the space to like feel their emotion. Mm-hmm. You don't like you don't need to like. Pride you know what I mean? Pride. Like, well, you, you can't. Some people want to like bandage it and like be like, "All right, let me just logic this one out for you." You don't need to feel bad because your <laughs> yeah. life's pretty good. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Be in a good mood now. Peace. Yeah, yeah, like people like yeah, I know what you mean. Like people don't necessarily have the space to to really be there for you or show up and like yeah and because again because everyone has their own shit and stuff and it's like they they may not feel comfortable sharing. I think that's like part of the huge hugest thing too is like. You know, you, you want to be that person with your shit together. You, you want to seem that way. And like, especially if you, if you see someone with, uh, we t- you touched on it earlier. It's just like you, you delegitimize your own pain when you see someone going through worse than what you're going through or perceptively what you think might be worse. And so then you'll feel like, all right, well, I, got I about. don't have no, like, I have no ground to stand on. Like, you know, and partially like that's. I don't know. I don't know. Like partially like you should maybe draw inspiration like that from someone like going through something harder, but also it's like unhealthy. I think to like not recognize and, and see your pain as the same. Yeah. I mean, there's a a balance. Obviously like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, you're supposed to not that you're supposed to, but there is, there is realizing that some people maybe have had some harder situations Mm -hmm. or specific events, but that doesn't invalidate whatever you're feeling with yeah. your trauma or your negative situation. Well, and likely, oh, like, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Like, I noticed that with myself, that was a problem. Like, I would see, you know, you and other friends and just throughout my life even just being like, damn, like, I got it pretty good. And, like, it honestly had worked for me in a lot of situations, like, feeling, like, inspired by that instead of, you know, I'm like, oh, that person's facing something, you know, more intense. And so I can, um, it inspires me just without even having to say much. But it also has backfired in in some ways where I've just like not worked through my emotions in some ways because I'm like I shouldn't feel tough it way. out, you know, yeah. like, and, yeah. and just like not give myself space to, well, I mean, to also express and share my own pain with these people. I mean, okay. that's the biggest mistake I've made over the last like mm-hmm. near decade. Yeah. Was like, I realized <laughs> like a lot of my friends, I guess, especially maybe just an East coasting too. A lot of my friends had hard lives, you know, they had like really shitty parents and mm. dealt with like kind of like the worst people. And no matter what I was going through, you know, I was going through the, the death of a best friend. I was dealing with my niece being taken away from me. Um, just drama in the household constantly every single day. Um, but I would see my friend who was like father passed away or um, my friend who was having parents that were going through a divorce or, you know, they, they weren't getting attention that they needed. And I would just delegitimize my problems and were to let them deal with it. Like for instance, my best friend growing up, mm. you know, his parents didn't really care for him growing up at all. Mm. Um, and even though I was going through my shit because he was around me all the time and because I, I like knew it was going on, on in his life, I didn't allow myself to believe that any of my problems were as valuable at all. Mm. So I pushed them down and ignored them, ignored them and repressed them. And they're starting to surface now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> yeah. They come back. They do come back. They you come can't back hard. Stuff them down. <laughs> no matter the, the deeper you stuff, the more toxic it's going to like For real. come like, out, you know. Yeah. It just it just festers in there. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like, you know, a fine bottle of wine. The longer it sits in there, the stronger it gets. Yeah. <laughs> or um, like, I mean, wine gets better though, so. Yeah, so that's maybe not like the best example. It's not the best old example. wine is like 
prime. You know, like, I'd say it's best. But I know what you mean. It's well, more it's prime emotion. I'll tell you that. that. <laughs> shit comes out and you're Ooh, like, that aroma. <laughs> it hits you. Jesus. Oh, Lord. No, that's huge, man. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I just think that's that's like a, something that's definitely something I've made the mistake of doing as well. Yeah, and I've and noticed it's like it. it's huge. It's part of our generation, like part of like part of, part social of just media. like the social media internet. and the internet and stuff is just like you reckon like there's You're even so just aware. this baseline layer of just like oh fuck like well there's you know children starving in parts of Africa and there's people being like genocided over here and like just like the fact that you live in the states you you can convince yourself that you don't deserve to like feel pain. You're like well got it real good. I mean there's still places here though that. Randomly, you're getting oh, yeah, blasted yeah, like, by a shotgun. Well, yeah, but, for no yeah, reason. like you look at Louisiana, like hurricane survivor victims, and all these things. Like, there's any places that you can look. There's so much bad news out there. Yeah. to compare your yeah. life to that, it makes you feel. I think it's also. I mean, like the, the comparative nature that we're talking about in general is like you. With the internet, you are so capable of seeing everything worse than how you have it, and mm-hmm. everything better than you have it as well. So you are kind of stuck in this perpetual like, well. I don't have everything, but I also have everything. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, what am I complaining about? But also, like, it could be better. It's a very, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, the reason, like, the internet, I think, is kind of fucked up is because, like, like, genuinely, you can literally see everything worse. Like, you can can look and see, like, how how perfect you have it and equally how shit you have it. Like, Mm -hmm. you can look at both extremes. Like, yeah, like, it's just crazy. And, like, that comparative nature is not healthy. And I think it's in all of us. I mean, we all have an ego. And, like, we all, you know, I think in general it's part of the human condition to struggle with your ego. And so the comparative nature that you have with, like, the world, with others, your peers, is only, you know, exemplified when you have access to more information and access to more, like, data about Mm -hmm. everyone else. It's just, like, it, it really can create a trap where... You simultaneously, I mean, that's just everything we've been saying. Like, you simultaneously feel not enough and also, like, you have too much. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing to grapple with, especially if you have other things to grapple with. Like, yeah. someone, you know, like, I and I like I think a lot of the kids that are coming up now, I mean, there's a lot of talk about, like, anxiety and depression and, like, and it's, like, these kids that grew up with the internet that are, like, in high school right now and middle school and stuff, they're, like, they're so informed. They're so much more informed than we were in high school. Like they know so much or they have not, not every single kid, but mm-hmm. like if you care, you can read about everything like on, you know, in your pocket is like all of the information of the world. <laughs> and, and like a lot of kids do it. I mean, like you're curious at that age and you yeah. have, you have a lot of free time. Like, of course you're like reading about all of the worst and the best things in the world. Like no yeah. wonder you're so young. Like, you, like, this isn't exactly what we're talking about, but like, it's just like, it's, it's an interesting like place we're coming to where, where there's like this inundation of too much knowledge and too much like comparison and the ability to really like know and understand a lot at a young age. And I think that it's, I mean, it's wonderful. It probably allows for a lot of like growth and empathy, but it also can like create a lot of like self-hatred and self-loathing and like, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah it's out there it's, it's like way <laughs> and especially because like instagram and like i mean uh, that's just for an example like just as much as we want to like see uh, you know one one person that's been really inspiring to me like, as of late you know and on this area and if you know i'd rec- i think i told you about tyson fury the mm-hmm. boxer yeah. like he's come out very very openly about his depression and suicidal thoughts and like having dealt with um 
uh, I can't remember exactly what he's diagnosed with or whatever, but mm. you know, just he's, he's had like mental health problems and like, it's nice to see like, because none of the people escape that. Like even the rock, the rock fucking Dwayne Johnson, you know, like it's, it's not something that anyone escapes, you know? And that's like important to see that because part of the reason why the rock is so inspiring, why he got to that level is because people do like to feed off of that positive energy. And like, even though he's kind of, it's kind of an illusion in some ways that he's like, Oh, I fucking just constantly crush it. I'm up at 4am crushing it till 4am the, the next day, you know, just like, I just 24 seven crush, crush fest. And like, yeah. but like, <laughs> crush fest. <laughs> but you know, and like for him, it's probably, it's 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 huge, you know, for him to actually have to be able to come out about those feelings because everyone looks to him as being like this positive influence. Yeah. And you know, for anyone to not to feel like they have, it's the same thing. You know, it's just like it's it's really cool that people are starting to come out about it. And I don't know, just like people like you, it's just like all right, The Rock even deals with this shit. Like yeah. he's, you know, if if there's another person that you can imagine that has everything, right? You're like, all right, if you're gonna look to The Rock, he's the one to do that. You're like, you would look at and be like, he's the opposite end of starving like with nothing yeah he's got millions of dollars in movies he seems like he's living the dream he literally has a full gym that follows <laughs> yeah. him around in a truck um no way <laughs> yeah is that yeah. really a fact about the rock yeah do you want to do you guys want to know like a cool fact about the rock sorry Please also i don't think us. that we finished nick's like <laughs> no full we story, didn't so get, we should like we got, loop back to that but time. i, I want to do an interlude on a cool fact about the rock yeah. so I mean, he's the man honestly. uh he is dope <laughs> and he is one of my favorite humans and i will tell you why you know my brother he is an he's an avid baker <laughs> which is wonderful love that fact about him if anyone anyone listening yeah, you too yeah. do you got you you know great british bake-off do you know great british bake-off i've heard many good things i've I've never actually sat down to watch, watch it. He, the Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is a huge Great British Bake Off fan, and he like he has a dream of being on Great British Bake Off. And I have never felt more connected to a large man before. Like, I've never felt so like like symbiotic. What's the word? Like I've never felt like we like we are each You're other. You're just kindred spirits. Like we are together in this. Yeah. That like all I've ever wanted is to be on Great British Bake Off, and, and with like, the Rock. And also, he wants to be on Great British Bake Off. Yeah, humans are just so much more complex than like we ever give them ourselves credit for, right? And he's like, it's like the rocks fucking into cooking and baking and shit. (laughs) And like, like you said, it's it's like people want to box in. You're like, oh, I guess I'm an introvert. Um, but you're not necessarily, you have extrovert qualities. Like well, a lot yeah. of people have just because you, you're an introvert doesn't mean you don't like socializing too. I mean like, well, yeah. The, and it's just, yeah, it's true. That's all I'm saying is like, it's just people like kind of want to always dichotomize things and yeah, then it's just totally. not, they always want to cause some sort of separation. Well, yeah. yeah. They, like black and white is easier to understand than shades of gray. Like yeah. that's just, yeah. th- it's easier. Like, and yeah, it's true. You know, yeah, who wants just, to understand <laughs> nuance? It's like yeah. hard. You know? Yeah. Ugh, I understand that. Anyway, you should probably finish your story, Nick. Um, where was I last? Actually, it was. Um, I remember you were talking, talking about, about like the medication. You had like just finished you were, you were the meds. You were finishing. Uh, yeah, that's well, how you I got really, the, the, the You talked about how bad anyway. the meds were, and we don't really know exactly how you ended in like. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what caused the change for you to want to come off the meds when you decided like this is this is it for me? Yeah. So basically, I felt my emotions really, really getting the better of me, and my control over them was basically non-existent. Mm. Um, Anger was insane. Punching holes in my wall. Breaking shit. For like no real reason. Like stupid ass things would happen. It's like, oh, I spilled water. I'm going to freaking throw the glass against the wall. Yeah. And it got to the point where literally I took much more than I was supposed to on my sleeping pills in an effort to just sleep the, sleep myself away. Mm. And after I did that, I was like, I've never tried to do this before. 
yeah, this is not good for me. And basically, like with the Adderall, once I once I finished that last bottle, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to my my psychiatrist. I'm not getting a refill. And I just made myself cut off completely cold turkey. And I was on it long. I was on it long enough. Two months doesn't sound that long, but apparently, to my knowledge, and I would say, look this up. Take it with a grain of salt. Apparently, within three days um, of taking those kind of medications, your brain develops an addiction for it. Yeah, it's, it's a dependency, a not dependency. an addiction. Okay. There is a there is a difference. Yeah, anytime that. you're fucking with the chemicals in your body, it's like your, your body, body is adaptive as fuck. So it's going to be like, oh, less. we got this coming in. All right, well, yeah. psh, turn this yeah. off. Like, you, don't need you know, this. yeah, if they if yeah. they're getting it from another source, they'll turn off. Like yeah. if you get, you know, I mean, like it's it's the reason like if you were to take ecstasy, like your brain, you get an uh, excess of the dopamine and therefore the next day your body your brain won't produce as yeah. much dopamine. Yeah. And that's why, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, you're depressed after you take ecstasy. It's because your brain notices the excess of the dopamine and then doesn't and it shuts down all those serotonin receptors or dopamine receptors yeah Yeah, exactly serotonin dopamine i think it's all the same it's all it all breaks (laughs) down into this to dopamine or something or so i don't remember how i'm not a chemist i need to get my chemistry going fair enough but But yeah it was like i could feel myself with the adderall too it was like i had to take it twice a day Mm. so you know i would take it in the morning when i kind of first woke up and then by noonish i would feel it i would feel the come down basically and it was no longer like, okay, I should re-up because it says I should. It was like, I need more. Mm. It's literally all I felt like all the time. And it got to the point where I was double dosing every morning. So I was taking like 40 milligrams in the morning, probably about uh, 30 midday. Yeah. Um, even though I was supposed to do like 20 and 20, just because I felt like I needed more What is and that more. like driving force? Like when you decide to go off like the prescribed medication, is it just, it's an overwhelming- You just don't want to feel like shit. <clears throat> so once you have that addiction, you're just like, all right, I need it. Yeah, like Your body's like, like it, something with someone like you who has high metabolism probably is just like you just burning through yeah. like every dosage and you're just like yeah yeah and because like you know you would basically you would have the energy and everything and then you would feel the Adderall coming off and then you would basically feel super exhausted and then really sad and then you're just like I need I need to feel good again I need to feel good again mm. and then you take it again you're like okay I feel better now but you still it just feels really artificial yeah and then. You know, when I decided to cut myself off, I went through withdrawals, withdrawals. Like, yeah. the, like a a real withdrawal. And actually, you were around for that. You were there for the day after. I think I think I was two days in when I saw you mm-hmm. at the gym. Um, and I remember stopping taking it, and then I went to bed that night. Woke up the next day. No, the day that I I didn't take it in the morning, and I already felt it start to affect me. Um. So I remember trying to go to work and then I was just sitting in the parking lot in my car and just literally freaking out, crying and screaming by myself in my car and like couldn't go into work. Like I was too scared to go in. I, I, I can't even ex- really explain what that feeling was like. And I had to call my friend and tell him like, I don't know what's going on. And he was like, where are you? Are you okay? So I'll come to you. I was like, no, no, no. I want to come to you. And so I went to his house and just like hung out and I started feeling a little weird. Like reality was kind of starting to disconnect. And then... I had actually slept over Danny's that night. And then when I woke up the next morning is like when it really hit me heavy. Um, I woke up that morning and felt kind of like I was in a lucid dream. Um, according to my therapist, I was in a state of uh, dissociation. So reality didn't feel real exactly, almost like an outer body experience. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up that morning, I felt not even anxious, but the most, <laughs> most real fear that I think I've 
ever felt like it actually felt like someone was out to kill me. Yeah. And I just woke up feeling like that and it wouldn't go away. And my body was insanely weak. I tried getting out of bed and my, I felt like I had like an 80 pound weight vest on Jesus. and I couldn't like stand up straight. I couldn't think straight at all. I didn't know what was going on. I could barely even really see. Right. And this is all just because of the chemical dependency imbalance that exists now because you've thrown I threw yourself out. Off. So your nervous system is on like shut down fight panic mode basically yeah. Yeah. where it's like, like red alert, like whatever, yeah, like mayday, mayday. Stop, so yeah. you're like full of fear. You're full of <clears throat> if everything feels weak and you're exhausted. Yeah. Like Jesus. I mean, it sounds horrible. For, forget even trying <laughs> to do parkour. Like I literally <clears throat> try, I was walking down the stairs and I had to, it took me probably about a minute, minute and a half to get down the stairs. At my house? At your house. And I had to hold onto the railing with both hands and still felt like I was going to fall down. Oh, my God. And 97-year-old man. Basically, life. I was like, oh, my God. Like, all of a sudden, <clears throat> I just feel like an old man. What happened to me? And, like, like there were, it was just achy and I was, like, so scared and I couldn't, like, really talk to anybody. And people would, like, ask me questions and I didn't know how to – I was like – the. I remember talking to my mom that morning, actually, and I, and she was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, Duh, "I'm not totally like sure right now. I'm fucking freaking out." And then, and then it would start like the craziest mood swings I've ever experienced in my life. Like I would be home trying to like get things done as much as possible, mm-hmm. and I would feel fine for like 15 minutes, and then out of nowhere, I would be in a crying fit on my bed, like holding on to everything and not knowing what to do. And by crying fit, I mean literally hysterical, eyes bawling, snotty, whatever, just like (laughs) that screaming, crying crap because you don't know what is going on. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's because it was, I mean, why do you feel like that? that, 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 I mean, mean, I don't know. Just like, what's your experience? I don't know. Cause I just feel like it's, uh, that's what's interesting. And some well, I mean, I, is just, you know, there's already anxiety in me. And like, what's the, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so I think it was like, it was like an extremely heightened anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that like the highest level of anxiety I ever had before I was taking the medication, it was like tenfold when I came off Yeah. and it was literally the most, <laughs> I can't even explain what kind of suffering it was. And it literally gave me a little bit of perspective on, drug addicts and mm. I respect them a lot more for trying to get off of what they're getting off of. It sucks they got into it in the first place, but mm. it's what like what they some of them are going through, like people who are doing heroin or meth or something. Like it's way worse than the experience I had. And I could I was barely able to handle that. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Jesus Christ, how do how do people get through this? And the first the first three days was the hardest. How yeah. do people I mean how did you get through this? Like you have to deal with it sucking, basically. Yeah. Like you have to basically feel like, okay, I kind of feel like I'm going to die through this, but I'm going to accept that and just keep dealing with it. It's literally the best way I can put it is if I'm going to put it in somewhere physical, it's kind of like imagine being tortured and you don't have a choice because you're tied down. Mm. And it's like, well, I'm going to have to deal with it because I'm in it and I can't do anything about it. Um, when, well, did, when did it start to turn into like more positive? Like, or did we well, know it? What would help Obviously, a lot? Obviously, like you're not still in that state. So, like, no, thankfully, uh, just like well, one of the things God, but, like, that did help was actually being around people. Because mm. um, when I got alone, is when everything started getting very, very scary. Because at least when I was around like my close friends and stuff, mm-hmm. I felt a little bit kind of protected. So the anxiety stuff wasn't that bad, but all the physical stuff was still there, and yeah. that was hard. Like by day two, I was starting to get this weird feeling that. You know when you get like nervous and you kind of you start getting that heat in your chest mm-hmm. and you kind of get like that itchy hot? 
it would feel like that, mm-hmm. but then it would feel like my skin was in an ice bath at the same time. It's like and, sick. And I couldn't yeah, escape like a it. fever, basically. Like yeah, a fever I, I just dream. could not escape it. And I was like... What was the timing on uh, you going to the therapist? I started talking to her by... Was it like day the one? Second, or I think day it was two? day. I think it was day one that I started talking to like her. Like your day one off of the meds. You were you. Yeah. So this, the therapist you see now. Yeah. You saw her day one, and she I didn't see you. her. I. I had oh, a, you called her. I that's had right. Called you her had on the phone, and her. that's how she explained everything to me, and it, mm. it made me feel a little bit better, but it was yeah. still just hard because, again, like I said, it was reality was so weird. I, I felt completely out of touch with reality. Training was a no go. She even had said to me, she's like, especially for the first week or two mm-hmm. don't do any parkour except she's like you can maybe go to the gym or do stuff like really ground level but she was like you can't you have like you're you're you have no sense of where you are or of anything and i could feel it like i couldn't tell how far away things were i had no depth perception mm. heights just like looked really weird in general um i was way way too weak i had no power for anything no endurance anything i had complete loss of control over my nervous system like if i tried to land on something it wouldn't work like i couldn't mm-hmm. i couldn't be like oh pull your arms back or landing the balls of your feet it was my body's gonna do the thing it wants to do no matter what yeah and i had i had to just sit and just be like cool i'm just gonna kind of watch people because i literally can't do anything mm-hmm. um and that's actually when like the apex international was going on and i was like i gotta get out of my house because i can't just sit alone anymore and that's when i found you and i just had to even though I felt really nervous and afraid and everything, I had to just, I had to be in the gym because it was the only place I could find some kind of comfort. Mm-hmm. Especially because like all, you know, friends from around the world were there. So that, it definitely helped. But like, I remember Renee and like, I still felt nervous about telling anybody really anything. Yeah. I mean, I told you, I told like Charlie and stuff. I told, I think I told Hendo, I told a, a couple of people, but there were still people I didn't feel comfortable like saying the full thing to. I remember Renee asking me, he's like, Oh, why why aren't you competing today? And I was just like, oh, just just tired, not not feeling in the mood or anything like that. And in reality, it was like, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm dying right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> have to be totally honest. And and so the first three days was definitely the hardest. The first three days, you had all the physical stuff and just pure dissociation, where reality just felt fake. Yeah. Um, it almost felt like I was in the mind of like a six year old a little bit. Weird. So um, that's like the best way I can think of it. Like. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, mm-hmm. but then thankfully after like that three day period, that real heavy anxiety wore away, but mm-hmm. I still just felt weird and kind of foggy mm-hmm. and I still couldn't really like actually train or really do anything super physical for another three weeks or so. Um, and what, like not, then the, you started seeing the therapist after this or like, yeah, I saw, I started, what, what's been, uh, I oh, started sorry. seeing her, I think. It's like somewhere between five and eight days. I can't remember exactly. And it seems like this has been way more helpful. Or yeah, than, it's been more than helpful the, for than me. the drug approach was for you. Yeah, I mean, it might work for some medicine. people, yeah. but like, I don't think it was necessarily. Was there anything redeemable me. about the drugs? Like, I think it helped me discover the things that I wasn't allowing myself to enjoy or allowing myself to have. I think uh-huh. it's something. I mean, just from your experience with the drugs, I think that. Uh, Perhaps the psychiatrist you saw um, didn't, like, take a, a more holistic approach. Like, I don't know if – I mean, I, I don't really – I don't understand the psychiatric profession. <clears throat> so I don't know if it's, like – if what he did was, like, standard operating procedure. But it, it just seems like um, – like, because I was there that day when you went in and you were kind of, like – you had talked about how as a whole you – like, you, you described your situation, I would say, pretty well. Like, I mean, to the best of your abilities. And it wasn't like he – 
asked like, oh, like, have you seen a therapist or like, have you like, what have you tried? Like, like, you know, it was yeah. more just like he was like, OK, like these like are like, here. All right. We're doing we're doing this. And it was like, these are like the things I feel I can diagnose you with mm-hmm. or the things you you seem to be confident in to diagnose yourself. Like you've been diagnosed, but like um, but like it did seem kind of just like. OK, you're here and this is what I feel like is wrong. And so let yeah. me give you the drugs that will help. And um, I guess like I really don't know enough about it, but it just seems like it seems like you might have there to... should have been a little bit more pre-work before just like getting put. No, on drugs. That, that's what I feel like, too. And especially with what he put. But I don't know on. if that was like his fault or your fault. It like, seems like I don't regardless know if you if you're having these things, like it might be a good idea to to seek more than one kind one of do- ha- yeah. Like, yeah. help. And also because, like, like obviously for you. The first place you looked like you, you did, you did what you should do is what, you know, the one thing that I think we could all agree on is like you sought help, yeah. which is like, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And you're not going to necessarily find it like wherever you go. Um, it's not going to be like what works for you potentially. Yeah. And like, obviously for you, it helped a little, but it also first did some more damage yeah. and like, <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, surviving that like probably made it easier in some ways to like, all right, I'm ready for the next thing. I'm going to keep looking for help. Yeah. And I don't know. But yeah. then you found more help. Yeah, I found that because when I started going to the psychologist, it started making more sense, and she explained everything a lot better. And I think, I think already because of the approach I have taken to it for so long, mm-hmm. um, which has always been kind of work on it myself, work on myself. Mm-hmm. Don't try and make it so external. Mm-hmm. I think I relate to that sort of yeah, working better, well. so it works better for me mm-hmm. personally. Um, and then also, again, like, I don't, I don't know, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a professional, but it did feel weird that the first thing that he put me on for depression was Adderall, because I looked, I looked into it a little bit, and apparently that's something you're supposed to do as, like, a last resort when you've tried everything else, and I did tell him, I was like, I've never had medication before, so <clears> I don't know, <throat> and that was the very, very first thing he gave yeah, me. Yeah, not everyone's, you know, like, like you said, you gotta, like, it's tough, because not everyone's gonna be the best at their job. Yeah. You know, like, you, yeah. you, you went to the psychiatrist that was there and like that you thought could help you. Yeah. But I also waited for that appointment for like six months. <laughs> well, but you had, Jesus a, Christ, you know, but that was like, the shortest wait time you could find. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing yeah. though. is like, you couldn't like literally couldn't make an appointment. Cause I was, yeah, I mean, like you that's, couldn't make that's an appointment. That's so wild. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I called, I called like about 14, 15, 15 yeah. different psychiatrists wow. and like, couldn't get into any of them. The beginning of 2018, you were like, I'm looking for help. Like you, cause it was, yeah. But anyway, like it's, it, it's kind of, it was up. like the, in January and February, you were calling around frantically and yeah. like so many places were like, no, we're not accepting any patients. No, we can't help you. No, no. And most of them were like, I don't know, eight, ten, a year. And then he like his office was like six months out. And so you just made that appointment. Like, yeah. It's crazy that like well, six I had no months idea. was the It was shortest. so hard to get into an office to begin with. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Like I, I, was, I probably called for about three, four days straight. That was wow. like honestly the thing that shocked me the most. Like when when you were going through that, it was like baffling it's, to me that that was like how it worked. I mean, yeah. it's kind of not surprising, even though I hate, you know, it's fucked up. But it's similar to like even just joint like if you have something wrong with your leg yeah you know like when i got my meniscus removed it was like all right you tore your meniscus all right uh in three months we'll 
we'll get it. We'll do your surgery. We'll give it I'm like, what specialist. am I supposed to do for three months? They're like, yeah, yeah just walk around with a limp. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. I feel like that's not good. Is there like not another person around? Like, yeah, no, you, I mean, I mean, I guess. Sorry, like, bro. Like, yeah. If you're a celebrity, fair. if you had like more money or some shit, maybe we could help you. But I guess, like, to be fair, I mean, we didn't know. It's I mean, just tough. You didn't know. You don't know, right? You and, just don't know. You're but like, you could have checked into, um, uh, God, what was the name? Of, like the hospital. Like you just like what you just came in. Like had I known or you known that that would have been an option. That honestly is probably something that could have happened way earlier this year. Like yeah. way back in the beginning of the year when you were kind of like. First, like, I need to get this under control. I really, I yeah. really need to like start working on this and like fix this, this being you. And like, that's when you were first, like, I need to find like a psychiatrist. I think a psychiatrist is what I need. And like, I feel like if, if we had known or if you had known or if anyone you'd talked to had like suggested that or reassured you that that would have been a good option. Yeah. Frankly, that would have probably been a, a better, better thing to do if you had done it way at the beginning of the year. Yeah, no, like, honestly, uh, even though it was like kind of rough, I do really wish I would have done it a long time ago. Because mm. um, I do think I think it's given me the most insight of anything I've done so far. Honestly, yeah, let's let's get into it. Actually, like, yeah. what, what was that experience like? So, yeah, you want to talk so about yeah, I'm at the at my therapist. What was that? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> I, you know, I go to my therapist the Tuesday on Tuesday um, tell her how I'm feeling that basically like yeah nothing is interesting to me like I don't want to do anything I don't enjoy anything life's just not fun or interesting like I, there's no will for anything mm. and I was like I kind of just want to sleep and not wake up and she was like are you suicidal and I was like I don't necessarily want to say suicidal like I don't want to go and just off myself mm -hmm. but if I went to sleep and didn't wake up I wouldn't be mad mm. and Basically, she was like, do you trust yourself? Like, do you trust you with yourself? And honestly, I was like, I don't know. Not really. And she said, okay, I'm going to have a suggestion. I think you should maybe go to a hospital for a few days and um, and just feel it out. Like, try it out. I forgot exactly what she said. And I forgot exactly how she did it. And I'm not mad at her at all, like, whatsoever. I'm kind of grateful. She, yeah, yeah. She, the way she kind of handled it. I don't remember how we got Exactly. But to she's me. following like kind of a certain like yeah a protocol for, 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 yeah. for like yeah. all right if I if I get these answers like yeah I know like what needs yeah. to be done and like yeah definitely like and she definitely she definitely used her skills to her advantage but she did the right thing and she did what was helpful and mm -hmm. it wasn't out of anything negative it was all purely yeah. out of help like I definitely really trust her and. You know, basically, I somehow ended up at the point where I think I did agree, but I don't yeah. remember exactly saying like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. But basically, <laughs> but basically, she, you know, after I, I guess, quote unquote, agreed. But mm -hmm. I do want to say agreed because I, I did agree eventually. Yeah. Um, she was like, "Okay, cool. So you can't drive yourself there. You have to wait here until someone can escort you, and you can't leave. If you leave, I'm gonna have to call somebody." And I was like, "Oh shit, it got real." <laughs> damn. I was like, "Damn, okay." And then, so that's when we got in touch with you, actually. Yeah. And so, for those of you that don't know, Brandon's actually the one who took me into the hospital no and everything. The only people Nobody that know knows. that is Brandon mm -hmm. and I and you. So. <laughs> actually, a couple people know. I yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. There's a couple people I know. I've talked to a couple of people know, already. I'm so sorry. You know, like Max and Christine and stuff. Okay, hey. anyway, um, all right. But yeah, so. So, yeah, I was talking to her and we call Brandon. He starts making his way toward me and then basically. I hung out in her office for like another hour and a half or so. And, you know, we did the feedback loop and everything again. 
And then oh, the nice. weirdest, the whole weirdest thing about it was there was a point where I was like, hey, I got to use the bathroom. And then she kind of like looked at me and smiled and I already knew what she was going to say. <laughs> and she was like, so, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to go by myself. Can I? And she's like, no. And I was like, cool. She's like, just give me a minute. And then so she did what she had to do. And then mm-hmm. such a weird feeling being like 25 and having like, yeah, like, like an older woman just like walk you to the bathroom. Like, your, <laughs> like it's like your mom walking you to the bathroom when you're five and she can't go into the bathroom with you. Cause it's the men's room. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, this feels so weird right now. Yeah, no doubt. And then, you know, I sat in the room and then you showed up and we had to talk with her and everything and then drive over to the hospital and then they, I go in, you know, I fill out the paperwork and what have you and they sat me down in, in a small room with another, one of the counselors there mm-hmm. and she evaluated me, asked me a bunch of questions, you know, really suicidal, so on so forth and I was like, passively, I think so, yeah. And, um... Long story short, at the end of it, she was like, okay, so you can either go home or you can stay and give it a go. It's up to you. They and didn't then, deem you an immediate threat. Yeah, yeah. To like, yourself or anyone else. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I was like, I was sitting there going back and forth and I probably sat there quietly for like two, three minutes just mm-hmm. thinking. And I was like, I looked at her and just said, honestly, I want to go home because I just feels more like comfortable but something is telling me that I should just do it mm-hmm. and I asked her I was like just in your opinion because I can't really honestly think that straight I'm like do mm. you think I should or shouldn't she's like honestly I would say to do it and I like sat there probably about 10 seconds and just thought and was like I had this feeling it's like that feeling that you get when you look at a really scary challenge honestly <laughs> and like it's sh- making you shit a brick but you're like I don't know it feels right though and yeah, you're like, All right, I can fit. This is the right challenge for me. Yeah, and so I was like, I'm scared of it for the right reason. Yeah, I'm scared because I know right that reason. like on the other side of this challenge is is going to be me. yeah, glory. it's glory. <laughs> I wouldn't glory. say glory. I don't feel glory. And hot chicks and money stacks. I have not gotten any of those things. Oh come on! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Hot chick! Hot chick! Hot chick! <laughs> I had plural chicks. Yeah, I'll, I'll, so give, I'll give the one chick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we got hot chick and money, no money, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so then I um, I was like, okay, let's do it. And then, you know, I signed all the paperwork. And once I signed all the paperwork, I a little part of me was like, oh, fuck, I actually committed to this. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, that's when I said bye to you. And then, you bye know, buddy. <laughs> bye, buddy. <laughs> cool. Bye, son. <laughs> I, I, I can really call you dad now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, they take me into the unit and everything. And then at that point, I really realized what I was in because at that point, I did not walk around alone mm. and I could not get through any doors without anybody letting me through. Like, they mm. had all, like, you know, like the key cards or everything. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the doors were like, locked down like I couldn't open them yeah and I was like damn this is like a real feeling okay <laughs> and so yeah I get in get to the unit get the unit start talking to the other counselor in there and everything and you know there's one point where she's like all right so you can't have any strings in your clothes um you can't have any shoelaces for you know because you can't you don't want we don't want you hurting yourself or anybody else yeah and I was like, oh, damn. So they, they wanted to cut the strings off my pants. And I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. And she's like, well, we have scrubs. And I was like, yeah, that works, I guess. I gave him my shoes because I was like, I like being barefoot. I'll be barefoot for whatever amount of days. Yeah. Um, and they, they did tell me in the beginning that, it, you know, it's a 
the initial hold is 72 hours. Um, but if you find that you need to be here longer, then we're going to hold you. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I hope it's just the 72 then, because <laughs> I don't know if I can do that for that long. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, basically the weirdest, like the hardest thing about it or the weirdest thing was, you know, you're so connected to the world now with the internet and everything going back to that. And then all of a sudden you have nothing. You don't have your phone. You don't have you don't have you don't have any contact with really anybody except for like the phone they have in there. But you have to know the numbers. You have to have your patient number, or else they you know, they can't even tell anybody if you're there. Yeah. Like my mother called and she didn't have my patient number, so they couldn't tell her even if I was there or not. Um, and like you're just you feel a little bit. And granted, this is from an ignorant perspective. I haven't been to any sort of prison, but it felt a little bit like you're kind of in a minimum, like a super minimum security prison. Like yeah. everyone's like really, really nice, but they're still <laughs> like not going to let you do shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I don't know. Like, I was having just weird mixed feelings. I felt kind of positive, but also really, really scared at the same time. And after they processed me, which took like two, three hours, something like that, mm-hmm. um, finally you start trying to go to bed. And then it, it hits me what I just did. And I'm just laying in bed and, you know, the room has really nothing in it. There's two beds in the room. I can't close my, I can't close my door because they need to keep checking on me all the time. Um, no, the windows don't open or anything. I go to like, go to one of the drawers. <laughs> drawers are like, fake. The drawers are fake. Right. Yeah. Like, like I pull on the drawer and it's like. You can't be trusted with wood. <laughs> Dude, like it wobbled a little bit. So I thought like it would open. And I'm yeah. sitting there like trying to pull it for probably like a minute. And I'm yeah. like, and it's jiggling. I'm like. What is that experience? Stuck? Like. I guess like what do you what do you like what is that like now coming out the other side of it and stuff like what is that experience like you think done for you in some ways like being like monitored like that in a way where you're 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 sort of like not trusted to be with yourself it sounds like right yeah. that's like no, kind you're of the definitely idea. not trusted to be with that's yourself like, at that's all the whole idea right <laughs> yeah but like it lets like, me do you understand like why that's like how they approach it and like what do you I mean, feel I like that gives what do you think that gives like to the people in the that are in the hospital like well, receiving it, treatment i think it allows you to go through the thing you have to go through to go through the horrible thoughts and through the sadness and everything mm. without any real danger in your face because mm. i think part of it is you have to deal with what you are feeling so if you're having really suicidal thoughts and that sort of thing you have to feel them and you have to sulk in them a little bit yeah. but they're dangerous emotions to sulk in and what that sort of situation uh, allows you to do is yeah, yeah. be in those emotions without any real danger mm-hmm. it's kind of like having a crash pad yeah honestly okay um plus you're going to a lot of therapy that's pretty much all you do all day yeah no that's literally therapy. the only you can go to therapy and you eat horrible hospital food <laughs> god um, damn it I mean, like that's there's just counselors. Like the way you described it, it's just like either yeah. group therapy or there's counselors. You're yeah, talking to group all therapy, day. counselors, and this and a psychiatrist. Um, yeah, and yeah. he's just like evaluating you, and like he's offering you meds, and they're not like too pushy with it, mm-hmm. depending on like what level you're at. So for me, they offered me meds, and I was like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to. And they're like, well, if you want to, here they are. Here they're here. Yeah. If you don't want to, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I did try one day, tried Prozac, and I was like. It felt a little good for like the first hour, and then I was like, "Nah, I don't like this. I don't. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do meds." Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that first day, you know, after really realizing the situation I was in, where I was like, "Oh, I'm on lockdown right now." Yeah. Um, I definitely like cried myself to sleep that first night. Um, and I remember my roommate coming in that night as well, and I just remember watching him like sitting on his bed, just like holding his head, not knowing what to do. And I was like, I feel you, dude. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel you. <laughs> and then I remember waking up the next morning and 
honestly, it was a weird feeling because even though I was like in a weird place, when I first woke up, I kind of felt energetic and like alive a little bit. You know, mm. I couldn't check my phone first thing in the morning. Yeah. I couldn't just dick around or do anything stupid. I was like, cool, I guess I'll get up, have some like tea and coffee and just hang out and work on what I got to work on. Yeah. And so like the first first full day was super weird. And it definitely made me feel like kind of a crazy person because it's <laughs> freezing in the hospital. Yeah. It's just freezing. <laughs> and like, you know, I don't have shit. <laughs> um, and so I was, I was like, okay, I got a blanket. And like everyone has blankets and just walking around with blankets. And I really just felt like kind of like a little bit like I was in a proper nut house because yeah. it was just like, you know, everyone's just got like five, and six shit, of like... us all, are walking around with like hospital blankets yeah. and our socks and shit. <laughs> just like moping around yeah, and I'm yeah. like cool I'm like I'm like here yeah. <laughs> yeah I never thought I would do this in my life yeah um and then you know that day eventually like trying to wear the scrubs and everything and just like falling off all the time and I was like dude can I just have my pants back like cut the strings out I don't care yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take a, the strings <laughs> like I don't care um and so you know they gave me all my clothes back and everything and then each day what you what I would do or what we would do is you know, there's a group of us and we would go to these group sessions and each of them was a little bit different. Um, you know, some of them were just about the group getting together and kind of talking about trauma that they wanted to or talking about something positive or goals they may have for when they get out and they get mm -hmm. past treatment and that sort of thing. And some of them were different ways to deal with emotion, whether it be like breathing exercises or just different ways to kind of release. Um, one of them, which is my favorite, was we actually had like a music session where she she gave us like paper and stuff to like color and draw with. That's another thing too. You definitely feel like a five year old again because <laughs> everyone's watching all the time, watching you all the time. You talk about your feelings and you color shit. <laughs> and nice um, <laughs> little, tri little trip back. Yeah, yeah. I was kindergarten. Like, I was like, you know, this is a better experience than kindergarten was for me. <laughs> I hated kindergarten. <laughs> I was mad, anxious all the time. Yeah, I felt calm. I was like, cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, dope. I'm fucking. I'm drawing Bilbo's house. Sweet. <laughs> and um, so like that one, we would sit, listen to music, and for each of the songs, we had to draw what we um what it made us feel mm. what have you so again going back to bilbo you know number three yeah. was um she played the shire from hey. from howard shore uh, i forgot what the actual name of the song is but she plays that and i'm like yeah and i was like oh yes <laughs> and so they just start like <laughs> i don't know either yeah, it's not I ringing it out all for me oh well get your fucking lord of the rings together <laughs> max would be disappointed <laughs> Um, I mean, disappointment. It's okay. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, I draw Bilbo's house, and that that made me feel really excited. And I think I think actually one of the one of the best things about being in that situation actually was it allowed me to really, with no shame, really just be who I am and feel what I was feeling because mm. we're all in there for the same reason. Yeah, you know, yeah. Plenty of uh, the other people were having it way worse than me and having way like heavier thoughts than I was like yeah. a good amount of them were involuntary. They had no choice but to be there. Oh yeah. So I'm there for like a week, two weeks, like that sort of thing. And um, <clears throat> it was just the That's hardest what, yeah, thing about it was being so kind of disconnected from the rest of the world mm -hmm. and not being able to have fresh air or anything like that or, or you know, it's kind of weird when you left something in your room and they close all the doors and you're like, hey, can I get into my room so I can get like that piece of paper? Because <laughs> I can't I can't get in my room. And I remember like the first day I, I closed the door all the way to take a shower. 
and someone came in while I was showering and was like, hey, you can't leave the door closed while you're showering. We have to make sure that you're okay. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is like when you first get there and like after they eval and stuff, they have to check your body for marks and everything like that. Yeah. So I just had like, sh- like strip down. They had like a blanket over me and they're like, cool, and I could put it around your waist. And yeah. I just had to show them like my whole body and stuff and everything like that, which wasn't that bad, but like it's still just... It was funny and kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, and it's just funny because, you know, I do parkour and I'm scraped up all over the place. And yeah. I literally trained like the Sunday before. Mm-hmm. Um, and my forearms were, were all scraped up. And shit. Yeah. Like I had, my forearms were so scraped like, up and stuff from like climbing down walls and like dropping down garages. And I'm like, oh, what's all these scratches? So I was like, oh, I, I do parkour. And I'm like, oh, okay. That explains it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's not me. <laughs> well, it is me, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like it's fu- it's crazy too. Like the the people you meet, it kind of gives you a bit more perspective on your own life and stuff like that. Like I'll I'll leave names out and everything like that. But I did For meet sure. this one dude, and I, I was like, oh, what are, what are you doing in here? Like he's like, oh, I'm voluntary. And I was like, oh, word word. And, and um, you know, he was asking me why I was in there and that sort of thing. And so I asked him, and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to work on myself. And he's like, I'm also trying to detox, like come off drugs. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, what what were you on? And just casually, he's like, meth. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Like, just a little meth. That's pretty <laughs> heavy. Yeah. Fair enough, dude. Like, good on you for really working at it. And like, yeah. I give him props because he seems what? like he generally wants to work on it, but it's a hard one to work on for sure. Big time. And I'm hoping it goes well for him. 100%. Shout out to um, our homie. Shout out to the homie. Homie. And everyone else in there, like everyone else in there was, you know, dealing with something that was real for sure. And and I'm hoping that everybody gets out of there and learns something and is able to better their lives after it. Yeah. Um, It seems like that place is giving, like you said, it's a place where you can be yourself. You can be honest about these things. And that seems to be kind of like one of the themes here is like, just that is like part of the, the biggest thing is like, you need to be able to talk about it. You need to be able to like be open with all these emotions or thoughts whatever you're dealing with the problems that we're all facing and like sometimes you have to go to a space that's made just for that yeah you know what i mean like because there's so few places in the world for for people to have yeah these kinds of thoughts especially yeah and like i I think the thing is too is like you know there's a stigma from the media and everything like that you know movies tv shows about what these places are actually like yeah and i'm not gonna say you know it's not like sunshine and daisies and everything like it's not easy no no but it's not a terrible place. And you might feel like shit. You might cry. You might be sad, you know, or if you're like heavily suicidal, you might still have, you'll probably still have your thoughts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But overall, everyone's genuinely like insanely sweet and willing yeah. to work with you as much as they possibly can. Like, obviously there's limits to what they can do. And, you know, you deal with some people who are a little bit more angry and stuff like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like there was this one dude in there and like he left on my first day that I was in, but I, I like met him in the morning and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so mad at one of the nurses and was like ready to fight her like straight up. Yeah. Um, and he was like some dude, I think it just got out of prison for like, he was like, did like 10 years. Oh shit. Wow. And I remember I overheard something about him asking some dude and he was like, yo, my boy got killed by some cartel. You think they'll come for me? And I was like, yo, I don't even want to be a part of that shit. Like, nah. <laughs> it's intense, yeah. And like, I think one of the weirdest things about it for me was even though like everyone in there was like sweet and everything like that, there is that little, little piece in your head that you're like, well, I am including myself in a building or in a, you know, couple different rooms of people who are mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was kind of worrying about was like, oh man, I hope someone doesn't like try to kill me. 
because like <laughs> that's a legitimate yeah, thing like, that you well, kind of like have to you think said, with about. the drug cartel thing it's like and this is like it's kind of tough because it's like part of like why this place has to exist right yeah it's because when someone is having like extreme suicidal thoughts or they're dealing with a lot of emotions or they're becoming like angry and stuff like often like the the reaction is like i want to distance myself from that person like yeah. i don't want to get involved wrapped up in that you know thing because people want to protect themselves they're yeah. scared they don't want to like get you know get hurt emotionally physically whatever it is by by involving themselves with someone who's seen and that's like why you bottle it in too because you don't want to yeah. seem like one of those people that's crazy and then every, you know like and yeah. then people don't want to but <clears throat> but you need the help you know yeah. and so i like, think honestly i think one of the things that's made me scared about talking about like whether it be passive suicidal thoughts or just like active ones is i get scared that people will think that i'm wanting to hurt them too when it's just simply not the case like i'm like no i don't want to hurt anybody at all like i want everyone to be really happy actually like yeah. that's that's like the thing that makes me excited and i and like i really i really really learned that in there mm. because you are around a lot of like sad people who are dealing with like real problems and i couldn't help it like i literally could not help it when i would see someone crying or like see someone hurting and like trying to figure it out to be like hey can i can i help at all like even if it's just like a hug do you need a hug do you you can just let something out like anything yeah. And like, you know, there's, there was one instance in particular and, you know, we were in, we were in a group, we were talking about, um, affirmations, like kind mm -hmm. of things you could tell yourself in order to be more confident in yourself or at least like right. kind of Help nurture your self-esteem. Yeah. So. Yeah. Give yourself like, give yourself just better treatment overall. <clears throat> yeah. Cause you got to love yourself. Yeah. You definitely, like, you have to love yourself <clears throat> and I'm starting to finally actually see that. Like for real, for real, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what people mean. Okay. Like I was I've always had this weird thing in my head that loving yourself was somehow arrogant. Yeah. And it's like, no, loving yourself is good. Being overly absorbed in yourself is arrogant. And mm. thinking that like you're perfect and that you can't better yourself in any way. That that's arrogant. But being like, yeah. okay, I did these things well. I can still work here, but I'll be able to get better there. Yeah. That's loving yourself a bit more. And and so, you know. This one, this one girl, she was having a hard time saying, um, I think I'm worth it, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. I might be, I might I'm be wrong. Or something. I'm important. It was something along think, those yeah, lines. And, you, um, you know, she's heavy anxiety, that sort of thing. And she was having a really hard time saying it. She could not say it. Um, they're like, come on, just say it. And she's like, no, I, I can't. I really can't. And she just kept like fighting back at it, fighting back at it. And I know that feeling. I've done the same thing. People are like, oh, just say this, just say this, or just do this. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I can't explain it, but something inside of you definitely makes, like, it feels like there's a wall and then you can't get past it. Yeah. And so I related to it and I saw her and I was like, <clears throat> I feel like it can be come off and maybe it's just the way I think about it. It can come off as like being show offy or whatever, but that's, mm -hmm. that wasn't my intent in any way. Yeah. You know, I saw, I saw that she was struggling and I was like, hey, look, if you say it right now, I'll do a backflip like right in the middle of the room. And everyone was like, wait, what? And then they looked at her and was like, no, you, you got to say it now. And then she like smiled, like looked down for a second and was like, I'm worth it. And I was like, cool, got to keep my end of the bargain. Kind of like nudge the counselor aside and did it right there. And everyone was like, wait, what? what you actually fuck? did it? Like, oh my God. And then she was like, she seemed super stoked. And I'm, yeah. and I'm what I'm hoping, what, what it gave me is I'm hoping that that now kind of sticks with her for the rest of the rest of her life. In the mm -hmm. in in a in a way meaning that like maybe she feels like people do care and find her valuable 100%. and that's that's what I want her to take from it not like yeah. oh that dude did a backflip it was cool I wanted it to be like no she oh like, he did a thing for me that 
No, for me, it's not. It's whatever. But to like people who no, don't do any movement story thing, that's like, it's you like, just wanted to help her get over this wall. Yeah. Like, like I want to help. Yeah. And like she was willing to accept the help, which is like a huge step. Yeah. You know? And it like seeing her smile after that and then talking and just even with you her reaching after. out like gave her the confidence to say it you know yeah you yeah did the I think, and then she said it yeah it's like oh some, <laughs> someone else struggling like yeah. is willing to just put themselves aside and mm-hmm. and like do this sort of like do that sort of thing like it when i was talking to her afterwards she i could hear the different tone in her voice mm. from what she was like 15 minutes earlier mm-hmm. and i can't i can't explain how good that felt to me i can't explain like it might sound lame with the warmth that I kind of felt just like in my heart, like in my chest. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just rewarding. That's and what's it, so it weird put and a wild. smile it's on like, my face. <laughs> right? The instinct is like pull away sometimes, but like it feels so much better to be a part of that and actually help Ye- someone out. Yeah. yeah. And like, and I, I realized, know, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. So go ahead. No, I realized when I was in there too, it was like for all the group sessions, like I thought I hated talking and I thought I didn't like talking about anything. And it's, I think it's more, I just need the correct stimulus a bit more and I need to seek it out myself. Mm. Um, but for all the group sessions and everything like that, you know, there would be awkward silence. And even the counselors would be like, I don't care if it gets silent in here. Like we're not going to treat it as awkward because mm. we shouldn't in reality. We shouldn't yeah. treat silence as awkward. I think that's what makes it harder for people to be open. Yeah. Cause it's like, they can't right, be they're, silent they're like together. building up the meter of like, all right, I'm about to say it. And then someone's just like, oh, it's too hot in here. Yeah. Like, just yeah. say something bullshit just to, like, fill the silence. Yeah. It's like, and then you take that moment away where they might have, like, come forward. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe not. I can see what, I, I think I can agree with that. Just I like, see yeah, what you're it's saying. Just, it's tough because. people, like, try to fill the void with stuff that no one really cares about and they don't even sincerely care about themselves that much. They just feel awkward in the silence, mm-hmm. which I think is, like separated me a little bit because I, I typically don't really feel awkward in silence like when people just stop talking I'm like yeah we don't really have much to talk about right <laughs> yeah. now who cares like we're just yeah. friends we hang out like <clears throat> this is being a human yeah. sometimes you're sitting in the woods it's well, nothing to say you and give you're like cool f- let's stare at this tree <laughs> yeah you <laughs> like, give yourself space to come up with a thought you know yeah yeah you know, just like, you know, let it right. flow naturally I think yeah but what I what I what happened while I was in there was for each of these group sessions when people will get quiet and stop talking I was the first one to speak and try to get like, and try to like initiate everybody to be like, here, just like, let it out. Like, yeah, there's no judgment. We're all here. Yeah. We're all here for the same reason. We all know why we're here. We're all trying, <laughs> we all tried to do the same thing basically. Yeah. Which is not a good thing. <laughs> Don't try it. <laughs> um, but I really, I wanted everyone with me. Like I wanted us all to come out of there and feeling like, it was a good experience for us and something that was beneficial and to actually be able to continue pushing towards something positive in our lives and finding value within ourselves and being able to live a higher quality of life. Hmm. Um, and it, allow, it, it also allowed me to kind of separate myself from technology and from the world a little bit so I could really just focus on what was going on with me. And to be totally honest, you know, between the ages of like eight to 13 for the last however many years like 10 years or so if not no 12 years um a lot of it's been pretty blank like there's some stuff i was remembering um very little things but especially by like halfway through the second day it all like kind of started flooding back to me you know positive and negative Mm -hmm. between that what is that four years five years I don't know. You're bad at math. 8 to 13 is 5 years. I'm bad at math. I'm not good on my toes (laughs) with that. Um, I'm bad with numbers in the head. But, (laughs) hey. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was... 
that's what really made me feel like it was actually a good thing for me was because now, like right now, I couldn't remember that part of my childhood. And mm. throughout the experience, I realized like, you know, I love my parents. They're great for me. They did a lot of really good things for me in terms of making sure I was fed, giving me the things I needed, um, like that sort of thing. But the one place I think they really failed, unfortunately, was learning to like discipline me and teach me how to deal with the real world a little more. Mm. And I think that's a huge problem that's kind of going on with our generation <laughs> in general, which is part of the kind of building of chaos. So when I was talking to my psychiatrist, um, you know, there was a lot of chaos in my family. Uh, mm. My parents would fight all the time. There's a lot of drama that happened on later on, like in my teen years, that happened with my brother and his ex, with my niece, and that sort of thing. You know, victim to someone who was lying about domestic violence, essentially. Mm. And especially that that situation alone really screwed up like relationships for me and friendships. It's made it yeah. extremely hard for me to trust anybody. Mm like at all. And throughout the chaos, what's actually happened to me, and it's part of why I think at least why I became so attracted to all like the really big, scary fear stuff. Um, Cause it's been that way since I was a kid, you know, I was always into the extreme sports and I always wanted to go to the highest extreme of any of those things. Yeah. And I always wanted to do the craziest stuff and the scariest stuff and like the most chaotic stuff. And then even in my day to day life, I have a problem where I build chaos in my relationships and I I make my life chaotic yeah. kind of on purpose. And it's because I grew up so used to chaos. That's what you're find, adapted to. Yeah, I've adapted to being comfortable in chaos. So I try to make more of it. And it's terrible because I do it to my I do things to my friends like I need to talk to doctors and stuff like that, but I have an idea that maybe there's um there's some pieces of like not pieces, but borderline personality disorder and essentially mm -hmm. like one of the biggest ones that speaks to me is I do especially now consciously I'm aware that one of the things I'll do is loved ones friends girlfriend whatever it I'll love them and I'll give them all my love and then once they start giving giving it back to me I start to pull and I start yeah. to try to like break the relationship almost and then once it starts breaking and they start pulling away I start pulling back going, yep and that's not good to do to anybody ever. Like no matter what my circ no matter what my circumstances were, no matter what's going on in my head or anything like that, that is still on me. And I think that's the like, kind of what I want put out there the most is like no matter what your situation was, no matter what's happened to you, mm -hmm. it is still ultimately, unfortunately, but it's just kind mm -hmm. of the way the world works. It's ultimately still up to you to fix and to work on. Yeah. Um. So those problems that I've caused, and those relationships that I've harmed it's up to me to fix them and work on them and to ensure that it doesn't happen anymore. And I mean, it's happened to so many of my friends. Like even, I even think about my time at Allerup when I was in Denmark and those are like the, some of the closest friends I ever made in my life. And I've been thinking on it a lot lately and I really realize how kind of at some points how terrible of a person I was being and how they would try to show me love and I would shut them away and get mad at them and yell at them and like push them away. And, you know, literally people would ask me what was wrong and I would kind of like just run away. And I remember one day people were like wondering about me. So I was like, I'm just going to disappear for a little bit, went out into the rain, found some like weird hut that someone built in like a canola field or something. And literally just like lied down at it for like two hours while I was supposed to be in class yeah. and just separated myself. And I was like, maybe I'll just walk away from here and just go somewhere. Um, yeah. And I've been doing those sorts of things for 
so long and it's time for me to stop and realize what it is I'm doing Mm -hmm. and just really just not do it anymore and be the better person and deserve my, and treat myself the way I deserve to be treated and as well as treat the people who love me the way that they deserve to be treated and give them the love that I have to give. Because like one of the things I talked about with one of the therapists is that I do, I know I have a lot of love in my heart to give. Like I know that's one of the things I crave the most. It's yeah being able to make a person smile, especially that person's close to me. Like it's something I just thoroughly enjoy. It's something that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But because of all the stuff that I've been dealing with, I haven't been able to let it out at all. And that's one of the things I think that's been hurting me the most. I haven't been allowing myself to be who I am in that way. Mm. Um, And yeah, I just, it's no matter what, no matter who hurt me, no matter what trauma I went through, yeah, no matter what, it's ultimately entirely up to me to fix the problem. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy, right? No, like, it's not. It's not going to be easy, and that's but, the thing. Like, nothing, nothing worth doing is ever really easy. Yeah. I mean, the hospital wasn't easy. No, but I'm going glad off I meds did wasn't it. easy. Like, all, your whole journey was like, you know, and it, and it will be, and is has been peppered with more trauma, you know, in some ways, you know. Yeah. So you keep having to deal with with things, but uh, yeah. Like, what's inspiring is that you are honest about it you come forward, you tell the truth, like you tell, you're open with your feelings. Like the more that you do that, the more I see you just growing and like mm-hmm. going towards your goals, you know? Well, Cause I mean, I feel like, like for so long I've been hiding it and I'm, I'm kind of tired and I'm kind of tired of <laughs> everyone else hiding it. I'm tired of everyone yeah. acting like nothing's going wrong with everybody. Yeah. I'm like, and that's no, what's we're so, all going that's through what's something. That's so wild, right? It's like <laughs> the people get pushed to the brink. They become the, the people that actually bring us all back because they, in a way they crack and they're just like, I'm fucking can't do it anymore. I'm not bullshitting <laughs> the world anymore. Yeah, dude. Like, Fuck all you guys. <laughs> Here's my problems. God damn it. At least I'm dealing with it and I'm going to be open with it. And then everyone's yeah. like, Oh, thank God. Somebody <laughs> said something. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's literally, like, like, I've been talking, like, and, and it's, it's, oh my God, it's been so, it's been so rewarding. Cause like, you know, since I got out, especially like first day, you know, people didn't know where the hell I was. My parents didn't know where I was. A lot of my friends didn't know where I was. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to make a lot of phone calls and be like, look, this is what happened. This is why you haven't heard from me. Yeah. But through explaining the entire experience and that sort of thing, people, those friends, at least they opened up to me. Up, opened up to me about things that they wouldn't have before and you know I I was told that you know I could be an ins- like I was an inspiration for them or that I helped them feel strong enough to be able to say that thing and mm-hmm. even now like you know my for instance my um, my friend Christine she she had told me that she was really proud of me and that you know the things that I've been doing and especially because of this that she now feels more comfortable being able to work on herself and she thinks that she you know, with the issues that she has, she can actually keep pushing forward and continue bettering herself and continue treating herself better. And that, and even after she said that, I told her, I was like, I think that's the first time that somebody's told me something like that. And I actually believed it. <laughs> like I've never, I've never believed anybody when they've really told me anything positive about me. Mm-hmm. And I need to remind myself that it's not ig- ignorant, not arrogant to think Yeah positively about yourself and to think that you did do something right Mm -hmm. um it's only again it's only thinking that like oh i did this thing that means i'm great i should you know i'm in control of what everybody (laughs) thinks it's like no that's not true either but Mm -hmm. like i can recognize when something i did was right and yeah just just as hard as the experience was 
I feel like right now, so far, this has been the best opportunity for me to really learn about myself and to mm-hmm. really work on me and actually push myself in the right direction. And then what I hope is that some people will be able to take something from it and work on themselves dude. as well and then continue to pay it forward. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, do it for the next one. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon, but it's, 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 you've, you've given me space to work on myself just by helping you and like seeing what you're going through and seeing the bravery, the courage that you're showing and facing this stuff. It's absolutely like same thing with Christine. Like I feel better about working on myself, just like being expired by your story and like your willingness to work on, on facing whatever demons you're facing, you know? So I really appreciate it. For sure. And you know, it's really all it is, is like, I'm tired of hurting and I'm tired of seeing my friends hurt. Right, like, I'm just tired. I'm tired of like, like we're all in it together. Yeah, I'm tired of like fuck's sake. Tired of like people not really even knowing where to start or mm-hmm. like what to do or feeling like they can't talk to anybody or really trust anybody or that they feel like they have to hide what's going mm-hmm. on with them. And it's like, why are we shaming people for kind of stuff that they? kind of in the first place weren't really that responsible for yeah yeah like everyone's got the trauma like you yeah. said we all grow up and like our parents did their best but they fuck us up yeah you know or they didn't do their best yeah. and then they really fuck yeah. us up and i mean you i know? think like, i think but, everyone's like trying to do their best or, and like some people you know, society will get yeah everyone's going through trauma yeah but that's like why we all need to like work on it together instead of like no 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 no, no. yeah put it in the basement nobody fucking talks about that it also it also displayed to me the importance of actually the kind of herd mentality that we have and Hmm. sort of understanding that you do need other people a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a village. That's like a very literal statement. I used to, I used to, to be totally honest, I used to hate that. I used to, I used to find that as like, it's not very stoic. It's not, in some ways it's not like, yeah, there's, there's like that, that part of you that is attracted to like, I don't, I'm fucking independent. Yeah. Like I could do anything for some reason. I can't, (laughs) I, I can't even pinpoint exactly why, but I definitely, basically my entire life found the word social to be dirty really like Damn. like i don't know, like it's literally that i would hear that word and i would hide it but it would make me feel angry mm. and i think the reason it made me feel angry was because i didn't believe that i was supposed to be like that mm. and i was completely starving myself of something that i 100% needed mm-hmm. and i just didn't want to admit it and then it got to the point where maybe it was some sort of subconscious jealousy that like oh all these people i know that are like at some point I would consider acquaintances more than friends because I distanced myself so much. Mm-hmm. I would see how happy they were with other people and just be jealous that they were happy yeah. with other people and just get angry about it. But yeah. right now, at, at least I'm realizing that really I've been entirely wrong. <laughs> I've been entirely wrong and I need my friends. I need my people. Like it's still a little hard to say, honestly, but the more I say it, the easier it gets, the more I accept it, not even just yeah. accept it, but the more I value it and I'm like, okay, cool. Let me like do what I need to do for myself and stop lying to myself and act like yeah. I'm supposed to be some macho dude who's literally entirely on his own <laughs> and super independent and doesn't need anybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's like the and weirdness th- that like you kind of grow up with that is like the mentality. Mm-hmm. That's part of our generation. But I think that's part of, again, what our story is going to be is we're reversing that, unpacking that. Yeah. And, and I, I think- hope that's part of our story as our generation is like- we remove the stigma from all these things. Yeah. And we I start think, talking about it. We start like giving people space to address this stuff and then we can all move forward. Yeah. Hey, what up, dude? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I was looking at your toes. <laughs> Put the toes in the Dougie face. But, Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think especially for me, I think one of the biggest reasons I had that mentality was kind of because of my dad, and not not yeah. necessarily that he made me feel distance or anything like that, but he had a very traumatic childhood and he mm-hmm. was totally on his own by the time he was like six. Yeah. And so he very much had this idea and I think he still does that he doesn't need anybody. Mm. And that being reinforced from But I mean like he has four. I mean, people. He, he does. What? And that's like the same thing with you. Yeah. I mean like you, I mean, you're like blind to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm blind. Yeah. You think I, I've you, been blind. You think to you it. build it from scratch. You're like, I fucking did this. Yeah, you know that's like this ego thing when you start to like, you get trauma, yeah. right? And then you're like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll fucking cut all ties. <laughs> like I'm gonna build my own fucking world. Yeah, and then. But either way, you still had people. Like for yeah. my dad's yeah, case, exactly. for instance, like you, to think you did it on your own is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and like. Like, I don't know, for his case, for instance, when he was like a 14 year old and he wanted to learn to work on cars, he had someone older than him show him how it works. And Mm -hmm. he was like, hey, look, I'll come here, work for free, just teach me how cars work. Mm -hmm. And then eventually he learned how to be so good at it that they started like, you know, paying him for that. That's like an example of someone kind of guiding you and you having people to rely on to make your life better. Right. I mean, like, no, I mean, we are. (laughs) This is like something that I also feel because there's like certain political beliefs that people are like, oh, like. It's all me, you know, like, yeah. I mean, like, and, and it's difficult because it doesn't really work, especially no. not in our society. It's like no one is tilling their own land, driving on roads they created, not consuming energy from a grid that was built for the entire, it's Speak just like yourself, bro. everything. I'm <laughs> off the grid. I mean, but like literally <laughs> we all are so interconnected, whether we want to admit it or not, like the food you eat, the energy, like the heat in your house, the house you live in the shoes on your feet the clothes on your back like all of it is from someone else's work and i'm like Mm -hmm. we are all dependent on each other and like in the most fundamental way of just like survival as well as like your emotional needs i mean like it it's i think it's a really important lesson to learn that like you are never doing things completely by yourself like you are never alone (laughs) in your success and you are never alone in your failure it's always like the village like we all grow as a, like we all grow together or we all sink together. And that's just yeah. like the mentality of the world. No, I think that ties into a lot of things. I mean, it's entirely true. <laughs> yeah, it's and we're, because like the, the individual has been like the, like a, a part of well, the backbone of like what has given us so much as well. I mean, it's kind of like, like this the ability American to dream. celebrate people for their individuality and their original ideas and all this stuff. Like that has given us a lot. Right. So it's this double edged sword. It's just like the internet. It's this idea of celebrating the individual has given us like, empowerment to be like all right i'm gonna go out and do the thing that i believe in and blah 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 but it's also like this this dangerous substance that you can toy with that'll like conflate your ego or whatever and turn you into you know i mean i think uh whatever like a what is that you're breathing heavy (laughs) watch 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 the breathing (laughs) you guys can't hear it because you have the headphones but it's like <laughs> got the Vader like, over here. Yeah, I got the Vader. <laughs> but I think, like, really, in, in reality, what it is is that I mean, I'm going to go off a little bit, but like, where we are as a species right now is literally the product of people making mistakes and then other people learning from those mistakes and pushing yeah. it forward. Oh, I mean, yeah. l- literally, the, the way science advances is from someone having an idea, someone challenging that idea, and then they both kind of realize, oh, wait, actually, we can progress from this idea. And yeah. then. 
it just continues to evolve with each generation, each generation. We're here because generations before us made a mistake and we fixed the mistake. Yeah. And it's it's kind of how how our society was just entirely built. It's like, oh, wait, that didn't work. We have to collectively yeah, evolution how this is works. in itself like a completely insanely group effort. Yeah, well, I mean, even individually, like if, if you're going to go on about, I don't know, any kind of anybody who's discovered anything, they discovered yeah. it because they learned some techniques from somebody yeah, before yeah. them. Exactly. In some way or another. Yeah. Totes. And I think it's just we need to accept that like, yeah, you may be an individual, but you didn't become your individual self without any help from anybody no. else. It's For sure like not. It's kind like the Malcolm no. Gladwell book, Outliers. I haven't I read it. Oh, it's no. like... I need to read. It's a good <laughs> <Me> book. <too. laughs> I bought, I bought, I bought books book yesterday. I'm going to start reading. Oh, shit. I actually bought a book it's, on uh, some of this stuff. Um, but it's... it. I mean, it kind of... I think it kind of ties in pretty well with this, that, like, the whole point of... Um, Outliers, it talks about like the greats. So like um, mm. you know, like the 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 world class pianists, the world class um uh like the people who play in the NHL, um uh the people who invented uh Bill Gates, like shit like that. Yeah. Like it talks about these guys and what he does is he breaks down like greatness is not achieved alone. Like, you know, there there are yeah. there are steps towards greatness, but like greatness is a factor of luck, your surroundings, um, your your like your upbringing like i mean the, like no person who has achieved anything great did it on their own and like that it, i think it's a really good book there's a lot more to the book outliers than just like we're all in it together like kumbaya <laughs> um but it's like it's a very interesting book on like like a lot of shit is just circumstantial yeah. like it's a lot of just like being at the right place the right, right time. place at like, the right time i with think the what's, right background. what's 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 dope about like an outlier though is that they probably embrace the group, right? Like they know how to utilize their group. They know how to utilize the positive positive energy and like build off of that. Per like they become celebrated because they, you know. But they're like they're kind of like chosen by like fate almost. It sounds like is yeah, what they're yeah. saying. And it's just like all right, that person is that way. They had to dedicate like them and the team had to dedicate themselves to something, and that's like. You know, so, then again, like with our dumb brains, we like we're like, oh, we can't pay attention to sixteen different people. Like Bill Gates, he did it. That guy is a fucking man. Yeah. And and but uh, ultimately, you know, I we mean, don't have like, time to hear all the story about it. But. but like Bill Gates was like surrounded in a community, and like he had, but like something like interesting. I mean, like there's ten out of ten. Read the book. Like everyone, anyone listening, Outliers. definitely read that book. Give it up to Outliers a, real quick. It's a good one. <laughs> Woo. Yes. <laughs> but teeny hand tiny hand um i mean yeah like bill gates was like a good example but like something interesting that i love from that book that i thought was very interesting was um if you look at like a distribution of like nhl players people who are professional hockey players um people who are born in the beginning of the year so like january um you have a higher percentage or a higher chance of getting to a professional league because the way like the cutoff or at the time when the book was written and the studies were done that like the way the cutoff works that like if you're born in January, you'll be the oldest you possibly can be mm. for that league year. And so therefore you'll always be like bigger, faster, stronger. And ah. you'll like, I mean, you, you have like a lot of reinforcement that like if you're bigger, faster, stronger, you're always like, you know, 
10, 11 months. Like if you're the oldest you can be for that age group, you'll always fish, be small the best. Pond kind you, know? of, yeah. you, you get nurtured up through the levels. Yeah, always, and then they just like, like, they're just like, oh, that kid's rocks. And you get all that positive reinforcement. It's a positive feedback loop. Yeah. It happens in nature, right? Yeah. The tree that grows like just ahead of all the other trees all of a sudden gets pff, the sun. just yeah. skyrockets yeah. and becomes like this huge structure and becomes like hundreds of feet taller than any tree around it. Just because but it it's grew not, a little But faster, just because like, it, yeah. yeah, it's basically chance in some ways. Well, and so it, that's what it brings up. I forget it's what like that law is, but it's an interesting. The whole book is like kind of about how like success is not individual. Yep. And a lot of times it's not even something you did. It's a lot of just like, don't mistake yourself for, you. for the wave that you're riding. Right. Exactly. It's like, the, there you go. That's a, the word. There a, it is. It just yeah. like reminds is that me. what it's from? Is that from at that book? I don't think that statements. I've never yeah. heard that, that like that yeah. before. You're the surfer. You're not the wave. I love that. Some shit. I don't mistake yourself for the wave you're riding. I like that. That's a good one. Anyway. <sighs> a good one. And on that, um, maybe we, maybe we wrap this up. You know, I think like sure. that was a really, really inspiring story dude like i just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing like so much i mean i don't know if there's for sure other stuff that we haven't covered that you want to cover but not particularly the biggest thing i really just want to say is that if anybody gets anything from this i'm not trying to put a story out there so that i can get like a sob story or anything like that i just want no i want people to know that you should talk you should seek out the people you need yeah. And that mm-hmm. you shouldn't be afraid of your emotions. You shouldn't be afraid of what you're feeling. You shouldn't. Hell, if you have to go to a mental hospital for a couple of days, it might suck a little bit, but it's it's brighter on the other side, honestly. And I just want people to be able to feel comfortable being themselves and to be able to get the help they need and realize that they don't have to entirely be alone and that there is a way to solve the problem. It is up to you you're gonna have to work you're gonna have to put the energy and deal with the hard parts yep. it's not going to be easy it's gonna get to grit your teeth and kind of muddle a little bit and it's front loaded <laughs> it feels like you know? yeah because the long like when you turn around and finally start working on it that's when it's the hardest yeah yeah the, i think everything. the really yeah. steps are the hardest yeah, yeah exactly exactly what danny said the the first steps are the hardest mm-hmm. like just like anything else, any yeah. sport, anything, when you first start learning it, you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, some time passes by and before you know it, you're not even really thinking about it as much anymore. And you're like, oh, when was that hard? Oh, yeah. I, for- I forgot how hard it was in the beginning. Mm. And um, you should journal. You should journal. Yeah, so I, sh- journal. I should journal. And, like figure out like your growth and stuff. That's a really cool part of journaling is being able to look back and like remember how or when things were hard. Mm. And you said that to me before. And I'm going to listen to it for real this time. I'll be, I'll be a journal buddy, past. dude. I'm going to start my journal. We'll be fucking solidarity journaling. What, what? And there's something really big about writing things down a way that it like. It kind of helps you get out of your head like, a little bit. Yeah. I forget what the. Yeah. My, my therapist the explained it to me, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, we're not therapists. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's. Yeah. This. I'll, I'll add it in the intro. Yeah. But it's yeah, like. Yeah, clearly <laughs> like if you need medical advice, blah, blah, blah Like that disclaimer. Yeah. This yeah. isn't like we're not professionals. Yeah. <laughs> we are here to share like, you know, our own thoughts and hopefully give people, you know, like what you've given me and what I know that is going to be giving to other people listening. Yeah. Which is just like, I don't know, just a place to feel better about going and facing those demons and being inspired to, and I mean, to do do the work. Like, I don't think, I don't think like, I don't know that greatness doesn't, doesn't come easy. It's, you can't be, you literally can't, 
be better for yourself in an easy way. It's just not. Yeah. It's just I was like, not, where are you yeah. going with this? It's not possible. And like, you can't, I don't know. I feel like anything worth really doing is just sometimes it's going to suck and it's going to hurt. Yeah. And you kind of have to be okay with that. Cause to be totally honest, the best way I can put that is that's life. <laughs> life hurts sometimes. Yeah. And you know, just really, really don't, if you need professional help, get professional help. Yeah. Like it helps for real. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, my guys, girls, guys and gals, my guy and gal. <laughs> I mean, you guys are each other's guy and gal, but you're mine too. Oh, baby. Wow. I mean, I mean, hey, wait, 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 the camera. Hey, what hey, am no, I, what no, am I no, saying? No, 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 get out of here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's get a let's get a shout out to everyone listening, and you know, like Nick said, come talk to us. You know, probably I'm sure you'd love to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it with you guys, and uh, let's all like do the work and make more space to share our emotions value Just, yourself and love yourself yeah all right man i love you i love you too i love you love all you guys out there i love everyone mm -hmm. listening and watching thank you guys for joining us we out bye peace all right thank you guys again so much for listening and uh joining us in this discussion um like i said during and, and before the podcast and and now, like, seek the help you need. There's going to be a link to the suicide prevention hotline in the episode description. And also, um, I'm also, it's been a while since I've had a post podcast episode, a uh, little end cap for you. But I just wanted to, to open this up. And I listened to another podcast recently that I think is very relevant. It touches on a lot of the same things we covered in this episode. And it's for this guy, Kyle Kingsbury. He runs the On It. Human, human optimization podcast and uh, you guys know how I feel about on it I fucking love that shit I love their products their their supplements and everything and I like just what the whole brand's about um, I'm a pretty big fan of, of Kyle Kingsbury's and like and the founder Aubrey Marcus is really how I got involved in all that but um, you know or and Joe Rogan actually is another part owner of the company all people that I'm more or less stoked on but anyhow the uh his podcast, which again is going to be the description, is going to be how to get back up, is what that episode's called, and it's it just is the similar thing. It's just his story of his own um, bout with with suicide and suicidal thoughts, and and then uh, just you know he's a little bit further down the road than us. You know he's like I think thirty five, and like he's just gone came out the other side even further. It seems like he's got some really good actionable advice and just a little bit more perspective for you guys so if you want to keep keep that discussion going or keep um if you gained anything from this discussion i'm sure you'll gain even more from you know listening to to this other podcast so i'll throw that in the description as well uh that's it much love you guys i'll see you next week we'll uh we'll be right here peace <laughs>